What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Uh, Today is a very special episode. Yes. Uh, you know, you know us. We like to tackle current affairs. Uh, just so happened that we confirmed this interview a week before a very current affair. Um, so, uh, without further ado, uh, we'd like to welcome our guest for today, uh, Margaret Thomas, the a founder, member, and current president of Aware, and Jasmine Ng, the a board member of Aware and producer of the critically acclaimed Saga podcast. Oh, thank you very yeah, much, guys. Nice about, intro. Uh, the podcast about the Aware, Aware EGM in 2009. Yes. Right? That yes, is making correct. waves in the podcast space in Singapore now. Yes. Yes. So welcome. Welcome to Yalabat. Welcome. Uh, congrats on, on the success of the podcast. Yeah. Hey, thanks. How, how, have, how have you all felt about the reception to the podcast so far? So this podcast is like a 12-episode podcast that we only mm. released in uh, December 2020. God, it feels like such a long time ago. Mm. Yeah. But um, it's about a very milestone event, something that happened to AWARE as an organization in 2009. And since we put out the podcast, so I, I guess it's like Singapore's first long-form narrative uh, series, mm-hmm. podcast series. Mm-hmm. So I think the, um, yeah, react- the reactions and the uh, plaudits and everything has been great. But we're like far behind you guys in the podcast charts. <laughs> no, no. no, 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 no. <laughs> the fact that you guys are the first long-form narrative and... You have you you're, you're currently creeping up the charts, right? Mm. You're not you're not you're not going down. You're we're following up. you. We're following okay, you. Okay, awesome. <laughs> we we have recommended the podcast on our on our on this podcast yeah. uh, because yeah, like like you said, uh, it is the first narrative podcast from Singapore, and uh, I mean I started listening to podcasts again because of Serial, and so I was like, oh, this is awesome, but I haven't actually found anything uh, from Singapore worth, you know, like uh, really sinking your teeth into that way. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so, so it, was, it was a real welcome uh, breath of fresh air and, and uh, you know, even just sitting, going through the history of, of Singapore, Operation Spectrum, all these things, it's, it's a mm-hmm. very, it's, what I love about podcasts is that they also, they're like a um, time capsule, right? Like it captures how people think at a certain point in time, just hearing it from their own voices and, and uh, just for context, Margaret is sitting here wearing a shut up and sit down t-shirt, yeah. <laughs> which is so awesome because I remember when that happened in 2009, that was like the phrase. Yeah. So that yeah. was the, this is the commemorative t-shirt. No, because this is not, this is the original. Oh, this is the original. Oh, is okay, so we have a com- t-shirt. Yeah. We also have a 10th anniversary commemorative t-shirt. Mm-hmm, so yeah. the front is, you know, it's, it's like very meme worthy, right? Because yeah. one of the, uh, one of the phrases that was shouted out that kind of went viral was somebody shouted, shut up and sit down to the entire yeah. membership that was mm-hmm. appeared to vote. So then we had a commemorative one in the back. We said, you know, uh, don't tell us to shut up and sit down. Mm-hmm. The whole thing about aware is to stand up and speak up. Yeah. Um, and, and the reason why there's 12 episodes, you know, people in the beginning, they're going, how are you going to make 12 episodes about this thing? It, it like happened such a long time ago. It's old history. Why do you want to talk about it? Mm-hmm. And the key thing is um, what did happen then was it was this very mysterious takeover. Uh, people had no idea what was going on. They just thought it was a regular annual journal meeting. You come in, you do your business of like what the organization is doing mm-hmm. and you vote for who the exco is. But what yeah. had happened was these strangers showed up. Nobody knew who they were more than 100 people showed up yeah. and they proceeded to vote themselves and took over the exco mm-hmm. yeah. and they claimed they didn't know each other. Mm-hmm. But it turned out some of them had just like joined just a week ago or you know just days ago. Yeah. Um, and so it's what unfolds then. But larger than what happens 
what goes on. So it's a kind of whodunit, except mm. spoiler alert, everybody knows what happens in the mm, end, yeah, right? Yeah. But it's all the things of like, what's at stake? Who cares that aware takes over? Who would want to take over aware? It's all these attendant things. And I have to say, you know, the kind of like, you know, the people with uh, Maggie's in the in the podcast, we interview everyone because you got to know, uh, we've got people across all ages. But at the time of, um, you know, the, the, the saga that happened in 2009, and then when we tried to interview everyone, we had founder members, some of whom have passed on, mm-hmm. some of whom are, you know, in um, not, you know, that it might be kind of advanced stages of dementia. Some people move out of town. Mm. So the idea to actually comprehensively interview everyone. But yeah. even then, when we first asked people and said we wanted to do this, they're like, oh, let's not talk about it. It was so traumatic. It was such a terrible experience that mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, while there was all those, like, um, the pain and the kind of embarrassment and the anger, there's also these other things where there was a lot of unintentional humor. Sure. Mm-hmm. There yeah, were, like, yeah. too many comic moments and you're yeah. just like, oh, yeah, boy, you know, it's like, you cannot believe yeah. like the, all these kind of memes kind of came out of it. Yeah. And it was the first time people were actually tracking an event via Twitter. Mm, so see, it's see. like you said, like a capsule, a sign of a times yeah, that, yeah. you know, it, 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 it was this window into yeah. that period of time. Yeah. Actually, actually, just going back to a bit to the genesis of the whole thing, when or how did you all decide that you wanted to, to do something to commemorate and talk about uh, and go deep dive into this whole issue? Like, and then... Uh, that and then why a podcast? Uh? So leading up to 2000, uh, to, uh, 2019, it would have mm. been 10 years, right? Um, leading into that, I think for a while, myself being on the board, so I'm, I'm one of the many people who joined um, AWARE when the saga happened. Mm-hmm. Like previously, we we're just like, yeah, okay, AWARE does the thing and they do services, very good, very good. Okay, mm. yeah, feminist, very, very good, very good. But never felt like compelled to join because, okay, they're doing their work and that's fine, right? Yeah. But when the saga happened and we were, you know, going through the papers and front, it was like front page news every day. Mm. And there was some new revelation, new plot twist. And you just go like, wow, if you put this in some kind of Korean drama, people think it's far-fetched. Mm-hmm. But this was happening every single day in the newspapers and yeah. everyone was talking about it. And what was at stake was this idea that, is it okay that somebody just under, you know, this kind of cloak of like, they didn't tell, they didn't declare what they were there to do. They said they don't want to continue the work of what AWARE does. And mm. they came o- and took over the organization. In a sense, legally, because by constitution, you can just sign up yeah. and yeah. show up and, and vote. vote yourself in, yeah. right? But the way they did it, is this what we want society to be? Mm. That you can be legal, but is it fair? Mm. And why would you want to take over AWARE when you can form your own organization? Yeah. And in fact, that's one of the key lines, right? That yeah. comes up was, that actually comes from Maggie. Because then the question was asked to her, right? Um, when that whole thing happened, uh, she wasn't there during the annual general meeting. But when when the people who were there, they were panicking because they were running mm. around going, what happened, what happened, what's going on, what's going on? And then they related to the other members and Maggie's response to Connie Singham, who was the outgoing president at that time was, why would anybody want to take over where? And I laughed and she was very hurt by that. Mm. <laughs> because it was really inconceivable yeah. that someone would want to take over an NGO which is struggling, mm. trying to make money and trying to change the world. Mm-hmm. But was that the first time that you had a brush with a, the, like a, like a religious, mm. religion, religious mm. opponent? We called it a faith-based group. Okay. Yeah, mm. yeah, definitely. Before that, there was no inkling. Like, if you look back now, no, if, no inkling. For instance, as it turned out, mm-hmm. and they had the press conferences, and all, it turns out Teo Su Mian 
the former mm. Lord yeah, yeah. Dean, right, actually said she'd been watching aware for two years or something, okay, and claimed to have known the founders of aware and that when while we started with very honourable intentions that we had deviated mm-hmm. and had become a single issue organization complete nonsense yeah um now if she had objected to some of the things we were doing and if she had written into us mm-hmm. written to media mm. written to police you know if she'd done something to say this is wrong yeah. then we could have reacted to it mm-hmm but there was not an inkling, there was never any indication that she found some of the things we were doing objectionable. Mm-hmm. And for that matter, what she said were the bad things that we were doing, it was all based on you know, bits of information taken out of context, mm-hmm. completely distorted mm-hmm. to suit her purpose. Mm-hmm. So maybe to put some context to it, so basically the, the, this group of strangers yeah. that showed up out of nowhere and claimed they didn't know each other, but then tend- ended up voting each other and took mm. over the entire exco. They kept saying that they have no agenda, they just want to continue the good work that AWARE does. So then, um, week after week, people were trying to figure out what's going on. And finally, I think what the Straits Times um, they, they did was they managed to find, you know, by then, 2009, everybody's Googleable. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And then they, so in fact, you know, the Straits Times um, journalists that we interviewed, they tell the story of basically what happened happened is um, they sent, they got photographs of these, uh, t- the takeover faction. Mm. And then they kind of realized they all came from one organization. Or most mm. of them. Mm. Yeah, which is this one particular church. Mm-hmm. So they sent a rookie reporter down to the church. And when they went down, that person went to... Because these people claim they didn't know each other. Yep, yep. But when the rookie reporter went to that particular church and spoke to the caretaker, the cleaner, right? And the cleaner was like, oh yeah, this one is this one. They all, this one is like, they all come here. And then this one is this one's uh, uh, <laughs> daughter-in-law or cousin-in-law or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And managed to tie all of them out. The caretaker did that. <laughs> the cleaner of the grounds of the church. So then, the, you know, what happened was then from there, like Margie was saying, then they, they, they had told, um, there were one or two, there were like uh, three original aware people still on the exco. Mm. Uh, Connie was the outgoing president and there were actually, sorry, three others who actually for, were people who were known to us, you mm-hmm. know, who are old time members. So they had told one of them, uh, Ejin, like, oh, we're going to have this meeting at AWARE. So meet uh, at this time uh, at yep, AWARE yep. Centre. So she meets there, then she starts getting, and nobody is there. And she gets all these messages like, hey, that takeover faction is running a press conference at the Raffles Towns Club. Oh. So she dashes over there running in and there's a recording of it. Thank goodness. Oh. And you hear, you just go, you can see her panic and her anger and her bewilderment. And then basically at this one press conference, after these people had said they didn't know each other, they have no agenda, they show up, they hold this press conference and they go, behold, tis I, mm. I am the... And sh- Tiosumin calls herself, I'm the feminist mentor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she models herself after minister mentor Lee Kuan Yew. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then she starts to throw all these accusations at what aware did this, did this. Mind you, this is after weeks of saying we don't know each other. There's yeah. no, there's no maneuvering, there's yeah. no manipulation, orchestration of anything. Mm-hmm. So you tell me how to not want to make a a, a TV series Great. or a radio so, series so out of long, this. How long was it in the works? Like how long have you so so what happened was, um, as we, we started off like beginning of uh, 2009, mm. and then we started doing all this interview. And the whole point was, um, we wanted to interview as extensively as we could. 
Because like for the reasons oh, wait, sorry, we said, you mean you mean the interview started 2000, 2019. Oh, 2019. Yeah. Oh, like, 2019. You guys put the audio in the making. Well, so so it it came from a couple of things. So Damn. we 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 realized that we actually had the recording of the annual journal meeting mm-hmm. when it all yeah, yeah. first started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then we knew other sources. You know, people were starting to record things on mm. like you know even for the EGM, people were starting to do things like burn through their data and mm. and and recording. Yeah. Um, yep on their handphones and then they were tweeting live and things. So yeah. we had all these kind of resources and of course the press covered it extensively. So then we knew we don't wanted to get the first person account. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we spoke to, you know, starting in 2019, uh, we got Bharati Jagdesh, yep. who's, you know, you know, but a lot of people love her voice. They A lot of people have written in to say, oh yeah, that voice, it reminds CNN, me of yeah. going to school yeah. in the morning <laughs> and you know, you hear the news and you That's hear her true. voice when That's my true. parents are fetching me to primary school. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe she's no longer a newscaster or anything. She anymore. she still practices, but she's no longer with the organization that got she it, used to it. be with. Okay. So then, you know, we, we got her to host and to do the interviews along with us. So we interviewed mm-hmm. as many people as we can. So in the end, we managed 50. So of course, as we mentioned in every single episode we didn't manage to get the take the new guard as they mm. ended up being called by the press the takeover faction yeah. we uh you know Maggie had written to them we had sent them you know email requests saying you know we'd like to interview you uh mm. we're, we're open to however you want, want to be interviewed mm. but it was no response except for one or two well no mm. we what we wanted was we didn't know it was a podcast at that point mm-hmm. mm. What we said was this is a history project and we want very much to get your side of the story because clearly you had a lot of support. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we, if it, this is not a propaganda thing. We really do want to document what was obviously an important uh, moment mm-hmm. in Singapore civil history. Uh, we wrote to as many of them that we had email addresses for, one or two bounced. Nobody acknowledged, those that went through, nobody acknowledged except for Teosumian. Who wrote back quite cordially to say um, thank you and so on, but basically, as far as I'm concerned, it's an episode in the past. It's over mm-hmm. and done with. And and she said in her own words that we achieved our aim, which is to get the comprehensive sexuality education program that we had been running in a certain number of schools that has been uh, killed mm-hmm. by MOE, mm-hmm. and that was what we wanted. And so that's it. Mm. Yeah, so, I wrote a second time to try and persuade her that you know but no response so outside of those correspondences did you ever meet in real life at events or only at the EGM only at the EGM mm. uh-huh. actually so, if you listen to some of the episodes some of the some mm-hmm. of the people actually Nina, did have yeah. some con- not 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 contact but you know you're in Singapore yeah. Singapore is so small yeah. it's like kampong right yeah, you're yeah. bound to bump into each other yeah. so actually there are a few people who mentioned when they might have bumped into when they did bump into them subsequently uh, I see yeah. yeah admittedly I'm at episode 5 right now don't give it away but you were saying something earlier that I wanted to just ask you said you didn't know it was a podcast it was going to be a podcast no so, when we started talking about it and yeah. this we probably started like 2008 you know I'd always felt that... 2018. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this COVID brain. Towards the end of 2018. Immediately after, in 2000 and after we won it back, yeah. we were just too busy mm. um, uh, cleaning the mess. There was a huge bill and all kinds of things to settle, right? Mm-hmm. And then we decided that having fought for a way and regained control, 
And we decided to fight for it because clearly AWARE's work, there's still a lot to be done. Mm -hmm. That's why we wanted it back. And then if it's worth fighting for, how do we ensure that it's going to be around in order to do this important work for the next Mm. 25 years? Mm -hmm. So we'd set out to professionalize, which Mm -hmm. had been tried a few times before in the past Mm. without much success. It was a long time. And then once we decided to professionalize, that meant we had to change the constitution. We had a board instead of an ex-co. Corinna Lim, who had been a long-time volunteer, decided Mm -hmm. to give up her her legal uh, counsel job to become the ED. Mm. And then we had to build the staff and so on. So for the first few years, we were just very busy sorting all of that out. Mm -hmm. And then as things settled down and 10th anniversary was coming up, Mm. uh, we were saying, okay, look, we've never actually given our side of the story. Mm -hmm. Academics came out with a book called The Aware Saga uh, a couple of years after that. It's a sort of academic analysis of it. But what about our inside story? Mm-hmm. And because it was actually an incredible story of how old members, some who had left, you know, came back. And then mm-hmm. all kinds of new people came back, like Jasmine yeah. and Pam and so many others. Um, a lot of it was because of the extensive coverage we had in the media, mm-hmm. both the mainstream media and the online TOC had just mm-hmm. come up in those days, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and, you know, it's amazing and it's captured in the podcast it's amazing how we without real effort it we, we just people came together and we split into two natural groups mm. there was like the advocacy group that work on the strategy and the speeches and the press releases and so on mm-hmm. and the mobilization or volunteer group they were doing all the planning every time they announced a new venue for the egm mm-hmm. because the membership kept growing people could sign online mm. membership kept growing at the start when at that agm where they, they staged the takeover, membership was about 200 or a little bit less. So that yeah. was the annual general meeting where the f- that hostile takeover yeah. first happened yeah. and yeah. then the it went to... By the time yeah. it, it peaked at 3,000. So if you look at the chart, right, it just goes this way and then choo, goes up yeah. and then for a year. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And um, so every time they announce a new venue because membership kept growing, our mobilization team or whatever they were called, they would a couple of people would go out to scout the place mm-hmm. to assess what it was like. We mm-hmm. were trying to find a place that we could use our headquarters. Mm-hmm. So other teams were planning water, snacks, counseling, medical teams. You know, they had seat warmers. Mm-hmm. Once we knew it was at SunTech, they announced they arranged for people to go there, register early, to go inside and choke spots for our advocacy teams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and all this happened almost military-like without conscious effort. I mean, yeah. it just happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and we thought it was worth documenting. Mm-hmm. So we weren't too clear at that point what form it would take, you know, yeah. a conventional book or something. It was just important to get the material documented. Mm-hmm. So, so you, had in, you were planning to do audio interviews? So um, what we did was we knew we wanted to do as as far as documentation go, we want mm, to be extensive as possible. Sure. Like we said, we really missed out on interviewing some yep. of the older members, mm. right? Mm. So we wanted to do as extensive. So every time we interviewed, obviously um, with a thought towards like proper podcasts. So we want to make sure that the sound quality is okay. Mm. But at the same time, you know, from my background, my day job is as a filmmaker. Yeah. yeah. So I I filmed it as well. 
Mm. Oh, right? so there's, there's and then we have got transcripts. So basically, whatever form it needs to take later, we can decide later. So I whether see. it's a book, it's a podcast, it's a, you know, like two hour documentary uh, video, you know, that that's the possibility. So we knew to do that. Mm-hmm. And also then there's that very spectacular, the showdown at Suntech where the extraordinary general meeting was called yeah. for the membership to come and say, are we to vote whether they feel it's a vote against or for confidence for the takeover faction, right? Mm. So that was the big showdown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there was nine, like nine hours oh, of yeah. video yeah. coverage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the reason why Maggie was saying there was a, such a huge bill after that whole thing was over was because the new exco they had like spent a lot of money 90, on changing. They went to change like security system. They went to change all the locks. They went to do all kinds of things. And then they went to hire a lot of people. So they spent a lot of money. And part mm. of that was paid, sending, uh, paying this video crew to film the proceedings. Yeah. So we actually have all that good, good stuff. The wow. good stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a lot more material, right? And yeah, there's a lot more. Even yeah. after 12 episodes, there's actually a lot that didn't make I the see. cut that you know, was left on the you know, cutting room floor. Yeah, even so today to there was uh, something that was posted, right? One of our redditors alerted us. Oh yeah, so we have a lot of um, because of things bites, that yeah. we we try to squeeze as much as we can, but mm. we have so much. So we have a lot of bonus features yeah. that week after week we can still release because yeah. we're still trying to like cheat and put in as much as we can. So yeah. so th- that brings me to ask like when you named it Saga, right? Uh, is that deliberate so that you can exp- you know you know look at other platforms next time Saga as a video series? Yeah, saga is this is not like Saga. It's oh, the West Saga. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Because okay. yeah. it was it was coined by the media then. Yeah. Like so, they coined several terms like Saga, Aware Saga. So mm. I guess if I, it it could have been like uh, Aware Gate. Yeah. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. it would have mm. been you know like the whatever new terms that tends to to come up. But at that point they called it Aware Saga, yeah. and you know as like people like Alan John and Wong Kim Ho. Um, who Straits were Times, the people, yeah. you know, the journalists and uh, yeah. editors at Straits Times then, they were explaining why they called it that. And, and they were saying, you know, look at it. Just look yeah. at all the dramatics and all the twists and turns. And they've got, you know, not just plot twists, but all of a sudden got people reveal themselves to be like the Wizard of Oz behind the <laughs> curtain. Then all these things, it's like, Saga oh, is perfect. Yeah. Showdown, yeah. there you was know? Uh, letters with powder in them. Mm, yeah, yeah, there yeah. were death, death threats. threats. There were yeah. all kinds of, you know, all this like mystery and this like funny story. I mean, yeah. it's kind of funny, sad, funny. But you know, like uh, uh, right after the AGM and when the takeover had happened and a lot of people still didn't know and they were like, oh, maybe they are nice and maybe they mean well. Mm-hmm. Some members were still like very optimistically thinking that. But then they called for a meeting and then Maggie tells a story of how she shows up for that first meeting. Yeah, so they recalled a meeting a day or two later. This was at Connie Singham's house. She was the president. The out, uh, one Outgoing who, president. Just yeah. stepped down. And I'd been to Connie's house many times before, right? And it was four o'clock or whatever time. I turned up. It's in Shunfu Estate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I turned up and I said, no shoes outside. How come? Is it the wrong time? Am I... You know, wrong day or something. Went inside and no, there were like ten people inside. All the shoes were inside. Mm-hmm. I said, "Why are your shoes inside?" And they said, "Oh, we don't want people just in case people. We don't want people to know that we're meeting." I said, "Why?" <laughs> and it's because of this uncertainty about what had happened. We were yeah. so shocked by it, right? Because mm-hmm. it's really an, an intrusion into our lives, and we had no idea who was behind it at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe just the extreme, like paranoia. Maybe it's just a Singaporean like, thing that. Yeah. yeah. But then, of course, somebody later on said, "Yeah, but of course, somebody actually said that maybe they've got uh, private investigators watching us, you know, mm. to see whether we're meeting." And then it said that, "Yeah, look, I mean, 
if they're watching us, whether you put your shoes outside or not, right? They're going to be yeah. <laughs> have pictures of who's turning up. Mm. No, it was just ridiculous paranoia at that point because mm-hmm. we had no idea what was happening. So, so that happened uh, about eleven years ago. You know, you mm. you dug up the stuff a year ago. So, if I were to ask you right now, it's still a weird world, right? Last year made the world weirder. Mm. When you look back at that, right? And you look at the situation now, because the reason why we why we invited you on the podcast before the the, the thing we are going to talk about later with Sharul <laughs> and Viswa yeah. was also because we wanted to go deep into the topic of feminism. Mm. Um, we 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 enjoy doing this podcast and exploring topics like this because the audio space is a great thing to do, right? Uh, it's a great platform for it. So when you look at what happened eleven years ago, you look at the the traction that this podcast has got. When you look at the like the landscape of feminist issues now right how do you how do you grapple with that do you look back and like oh shit what happened then could totally happen now or maybe when that happened you you thought okay the future will be better and then you look at it now how do you what what are your thoughts well, on I th- that i think if you look at it as when aware was formed in yeah. 1985 with yeah. Regis in five uh, there were laws and policies that were blatantly discriminatory yeah the, mm. even the constitution was discriminatory. Mm. Of Singapore, the constitution. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, basically, right? Yeah. Which means if you, as a Singapore man with a foreign wife, had a child born overseas, that child would have the right to citizenship. Mm-hmm. But me as a Singapore woman, if I'd had a child born overseas, I don't the child does not have would not have had automatic rights. Mm-hmm. That was all rectified about two thousand three, four, five. Yeah. Okay? There was a medical quota, quota on the number of women uh, admitted to medical school mm. from 1979 to 2003, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was right. a quota, yeah. you know, and they gave all the various reasons for it. So when we were formed, there were all these laws, but we were formed because we were really upset about the sexist, elitist, and eugenicist policies mm-hmm. that followed Lee Kuan Yew's National Day rally speech in 1983, mm-hmm. in which he talked about the lopsided pattern of procreation, about how Graduate women are not getting married, and mm. or those who are getting married are not having kids, and this would deplete the talent pool of Singapore. Eugenesis, yeah. yeah. You want to say that? Fine, but then immediately all these policies came out mm-hmm. that financial incentives and so on to encourage graduate women to marry. Um, they even had social development unit, which was only for graduates. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was written down, but the understanding was. Men any age can join. Women over 35, sorry, go away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they were so elitist and yeah. there were a lot of protests and then they came out with the social development service which was for non-graduates. So the elitist things we were upset about and yeah. these are the women who are supposed to benefit from these things, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there was the other side of the coin where they came up with a scheme which still functions by some other name and this was... If you don't, if you're not well educated, you don't have O levels or poor levels. You marry and have two kids, fine. That's your kind of right. But um, we want to discourage you from having more kids. I mean, there's a certain logic to it. If you, if you don't have the education that can get you a good job and you don't mm. have enough money, then really you shouldn't have too many kids. I mean, that's. Yeah. Yeah. But they exercised it rather crudely, and they said, if after two kids you show, come and prove that you've been sterilized, cut your tubes or whatever it is. Uh, then you get a cash grant of I think it was twenty thousand mm. dollars, you know, um, and the media then called it the cut and cash scheme. Oh yeah, which a bit heavy-handed. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we came out, there were there were all these 
these things that we were campaigning against. By 2000, mid 20s, 2003-4, most of these were gone. Mm -hmm. What remained is what we continue to grapple with. Mm -hmm. And that is basically the patriarchal system that positions men somehow or another as ahead of women. Mm. Male priorities are more important than women. Mm -hmm. Caregiving is still, much as we have, you know, women are being educated equally. There are even, I think, greater numbers of women at tertiary level than men, possibly. Um, but still, when it comes to caregiving, and women need to work and are in mm. working, but caregiving, whether it's of children or the elderly, it is still primarily a woman's job. Mm -hmm. Right? And so all the imbalances, the power imbalances continue to this mm -hmm. day. And it's a much more subtle kind of uh, issues that we have to grapple with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But, but it, it follows across all kinds of different policies, <clears throat> all different spheres, right? Yeah. Like just the whole idea of um, national insurance. Mm -hmm. So with um, um, the CPF life, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, what's cash yield, mm. right? Um, the premiums are higher for women because mm. the idea is like, oh, you live longer, yeah, so therefore yeah. you should pay more. Mm. But if it's a national kind of coverage, then mm. shouldn't it be society comes together and pull together, yeah. right? Um, and that, that expectation is that, um, I'm not saying that men don't give care. They do. You know, mm. a lot of men do end up having to take time off if they have nobody else to rely on to mm. look after elderly parents, for yeah, example. Yeah. Right? Um, because the, the, the more pressing, the just as pressing thing is the population is really aging. Mm. But a lot of the care still falls on like, especially if you are the single daughter Correct, you yeah. know, you end up kind of bearing the brunt of that. Or, you know, you have to first look after your in-laws and then yeah. later your own parents get sick, you also have to quit work, mm. look after that and things like that. So these kind of policies, like what is the thinking behind these policies? And, you know, even when Margie was saying like a lot of these, some of the older policies changed about 2003 or four. Mm. I mean, just the idea, like what was the thinking behind it that said that it's okay that all civil servants who are male they get medical benefits for their children and their spouse, meaning mm. their wife. But for female civil servants, they don't get benefits for their husband and their children. This was, mm -hmm. this was how it was in Singapore only until the mid-2000s. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. What's the thinking behind that that says that that's fair? Mm -hmm. And I think the key thing to remember is what is fair for people? It's mm. not what is more fair for women or more fair for men. It's what, fair, what is fair for people? Mm -hmm. And that's at like the crux of when we talk about what AWARE is about and what we do is about gender equality. It's not mm. to make things worse for men, just to make things better for women. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's to basically, everybody has a, a good chance. We want to provide. We want to make sure that everybody has... You know that idea and access to like justice and fairness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, isn't that something that everybody should be able to get behind? Yeah. So, so with the current state, does that does it surprise you that the current state is as it is? No, because until we are able to undo centuries of patriarchal thinking, mm -hmm. um, we're going to have to live with it. I see. So, what was significant was in September last year. Mm -hmm. Um, Law and Home Affairs Minister Shanmugam mm -hmm. made this announcement, this speech one Sunday morning, which frankly I listened to and it was kind of like, what? Jaw-dropping, you know? Mm. Um, because he announced the, that there's a gender equality review going on with 100 or more conversations planned mm. to get the views from people, yeah. women and men. But what Shanmugam said was uh, what basically AWARE has been saying all along, that 
you need to make gender equality a fundamental value in Singapore, mm-hmm. right? And how do you do it? You have to start teaching people, children, when they are very young. You have to find ways to to show them, to teach them that there is no difference fundamentally between mm-hmm. men yeah. and women, or boys and girls. Yeah. That there should be mutual respect and so on, right? Yeah. And that will take a generation or more to work through. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. the sooner we start on it, you know, in a in a in a comprehensive way, the better. So it was jaw dropping in a good way. Oh yeah, in yeah. a good way. Mm-hmm. I that's mean, it's almost you're listening to it, and God, that's a that's a speech that aware people could make. You know, <laughs> yeah. and and the thing is. Why didn't you make it 35 years ago? <laughs> we could be so much further down the road of yeah, and it's not an yeah. easy road. We fully acknowledge that, you know, because mm-hmm. it's not just men who are perpetuating the patriarchal systems. A lot of women accept mm. it too, mm. you know, and and the idea is actually that it. yeah, patriarchy hurts men and women. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's that patriarchal thinking that says um, that tells a boy, don't be a crybaby. Mm. You're crying yeah. like a girl. You're running like a girl. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, and laughs at a boy who, uh, you know, has emotions. Yeah. You know, um, and then if you want to speak up against bullying, you're being laughed at. That mm. kind of peer pressure it hurts boys and girls. Oh, mm-hmm. Toxic yeah. masculinity. Men, men, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, but I think you know sometimes you know when a lot of these phrases are being used, right? Like toxic masculinity or cancel culture or these kind of things, people. Mm. Immediately, you know, these words are such trigger words. As soon as you mm-hmm. use it, somebody goes like, don't talk to me, you are already the enemy and, you know, this is against me. But I think, you know, the whole thing is, um, you are asking, right, uh, more than 10 years hence from the Aware Saga, are things better? A lot of things are definitely better. Mm. You know, mm. that idea that um, uh, how many men right now are, uh, you know, are, are, are just as good at caregiving for mm. their children you know, able to change a diaper, able yep, to yep. deal with all this. Like, yep. I think if you see for some of your friends, yeah. it's something that their, pa- can, their fathers would never have done. Yeah, Parents yeah. can look in the mirror. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. Like Terrence, that, the, you're feminist she's, now. She's no, really feminist means gender equality. Gender equality. Yeah, she's really saying something that I see a marked difference between last generation and, and yeah. our, I mean, so-called our generation. Uh, yeah, where, yeah. Where there's a, even without the, all the dads for life and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. there's a very active, like, I want to be present, mm. you know, for your child because you know that it's good for your child. There's research that backs it up that, you know, it's good for your child to have to have um, more people caring like that. So yeah. are, also, you being, are you playing an equal role in parenting? I mean, my wife is at home taking care of you. Oh, no, but, but, the podcast No, no, but, but for sure. No, for sure, for sure. I'm, I'm, I, do, I, I do my fair share of waking up to take care of baby, I you know uh, we try to take shifts uh, because now oh, we're both yeah. working from home, yeah. um, and she works in a job that probably pays better than me. I like okay, yeah. like if you need to be on a meeting, I'll you know carry the baby and that and, yeah, and even you can't stuff. breastfeed, but that's okay. That, that's the only problem. <laughs> I wish I could. I've been training for it. <laughs> like, you can pump already yeah. then, but yeah. you know I I think more importantly is the fact that like you're saying you you. You know, research has shown that it's beneficial for the child. Yeah. But while I'm sure it's also frustrating and very, very tiring, yeah, it's yeah, also yeah. fulfilling for the parents. It is, it is. Meaning it is. for both the mother and the father. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that you can be fulfilled in those ways. And it may well be that a generation ago, like your dad, yeah. your uncles or other friends you know, um, some of them might have wanted to do it, but it was frowned mm. upon. Because exactly, it's like, exactly. ah, you're staying at home. Are you a loser? Yeah. You know, yeah. that kind of old thinking, right? 
it's that's changed a lot. Mm. So some people may really just you know some men and women just don't want to be parents and they're very yeah. okay. It's like okay, I can give care for one two hours and after that I'm I'm not good. So yeah. between parents, you work it out. But it should not be that the burden just falls on one side. Yeah. But, you know, when we talk about this idea of like patriarchy or toxic masculinity, it's it's that thinking that even if a man wants to have the choice, he he can't take that choice. Because mm. mm. that pressure is like, what kind of man are you mm. to want to care for a child and stay at home to be a house husband? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. You know, or that idea that, oh, you're going to take some a few months off and take a paternity leave. Yeah. Oh, this is going to affect your... You yeah. know your your promotion chances, right? And mm. you know, and how do people change, make change, right? So slowly, slowly, we've been making a lot of change. And other countries do it by putting it into law. Mm. So Scandinavian countries is like, okay, you can get one year of parental care for your ch- your child, mm. but uh, up to this many months must be used by the father. Yeah. If it's not yeah. used by the father, forget it, take it away. Mm. Mm-hmm. So they have laws to do it, so that sometimes it's too hard to change because if you don't have a fire lit under your ass, you won't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but once you, you do it, and after yeah. you get through the initial bump, it becomes the norm. Yeah, but but that's the, the issue I find sometimes in Singapore. People think that because stuff is encoded in the law, that means this is how it's naturally meant to be, and they don't want to rock the boat or change it or what or, or take steps to change it. Do you find um, do you find that this generation nowadays they're a bit more they're much more receptive and open to like really challenging these norms that they they see. But if you think about a lot of things, it it did take for legislation. Sometimes you mm. cannot wait for society, mm. you know, mm. because if you think of like, oh, let's wait for society, there will still be slavery, women still not mm. cannot own property, yeah. still cannot vote. Yeah. All this, if you just left society to do it, yeah. you know, I mean, that idea that at, at one, you know, in, in, in the Western world, the idea that, you know, even religion was used to justify slavery, mm. you know, um, is is that just and fair? Is that yeah. human rights? No, it took for law because yeah. we leave people slowly, slowly. It yeah. won't happen. Mm. Right. Mm. And it, it's okay for us who are sitting nice, sitting pretty and like, it doesn't hurt me. But for the yeah. people who are, who are, whose, you know, lives are bad because of these bad policies and because waiting for society to change. Mm. How do you account to them? And when we have the luxury of actually extending this kind of opportunity so Mm. easily without any cost to ourselves, why can't we do that? Mm. Mm. So so do you... Like um, you, you know, just now you said there's a lot of old old men, men mindsets and mentalities, like right. And but old doesn't mean it's old in old people's heads. Correct, some correct. some young people also got very old mentality. Correct, correct. that's yeah. true. But um, so so when you meet these sort of individuals, regardless of age, like, do you have to kind of like pick and choose your battles? Like, okay, is this person open to being changed? I okay. Uh, I I know. I, I think we do have to find a way to find language appropriate to the context and the yeah. individual or the group quite yeah. clearly. Yeah. If you go and talk to somebody about toxic masculinity, they will, mm-hmm. uh, but you have to find the words, the concepts that make sense. Yeah. And that's not necessarily very easy. Yeah. You know, but we fully recognize that. Yeah. Because sometimes in the presence of, let's say, extended family, uh, pre-COVID, like, when people used to gather, mm. and I hear the comments by, just so happened they tend to be older people, and I'm like, mm, should I say something? Should I not say something? Is it even worth uh, changing someone who five years time maybe might not be around, right? I how th- do you how do you grapple or like? Yeah, I th- I think you should try. I think we should all try. Mm-hmm. You know, it may fall flat. It may nothing may happen, but the very act of trying helps you refine your language, your thoughts. You know, and the the whole the whole business of 
how do I communicate with somebody? Mm-hmm. You know, how do how do I get this person? If we don't get have these conversations and these dialogues, nobody's ever going to learn. So yeah. I gotta say something. I think uh. so. I heard, and I think Margie heard as well, the podcast that you, the mm-hmm. last episode. Yeah. And so what you guys are doing is that. Because mm-hmm. for all of us, regardless you, uh, of what perspective, the yeah. one that you did on the, the whole situation, the se- sexual harassment, no, which, which was the same episode, same episode. But even for the helpers one, yeah, right? Okay, yeah. And helpers, whether helpers could use the condo facilities and things like that. It's like, because you're all kind of, you're, you're open about it and you're saying like, some people think this, some people think that. I think this, I used to think that, but maybe I could think about this instead. It mm. allows people that space to go like, hmm, Mm, maybe mm, oh okay I mm. never thought of it this way mm. which is great yeah, yeah as opposed to the kind of social media space where it's all like everything 300% everything 1000% where yeah. it's that extreme <clears throat> kind of polarized kind of views right mm. and everybody just gets angry immediately yeah, and you don't want to listen you don't want to exactly. listen and as if it's so terrible to even stop for a while and just listen right yeah. mm-hmm. um but we are yeah, finding the right way to say it, and, mm. and it's 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 not easy. And but we, you know, we need to keep working at it. So so mm. at your at pre-COVID at your family functions, yeah, did those sort of interactions <laughs> happen? <laughs> I th- I think you know I think in general I mean I'm quite lucky because a lot of my family I love you all Happy Chinese yeah. New Year everybody even though I don't get to see everyone you know yeah. this time around, but um I I you know it's not to not to treat it as some kind of like a pulpit or podium where you're just like shouting at people mm. and you're doing this like uh you know kind of like Hyde Park speakers corner just yeah, like you know yeah. haranguing people about yeah, it yeah. yeah I mean you gotta know and then also you know the way we treat family is not the same that we treat strangers right Perfect. we kind of mm-hmm. like you yeah. know you might get angry a little easier and then there's all these other complex back history mm, then yeah, this yeah. uncle family is angry thing. with this person yeah. and doesn't want to sit at this table <laughs> there's all this yeah family is complex it's yeah. wonderful and complex and all those things in between right yeah um so sometimes it might it might be the kind of thing where you talk about something to mm. the people around you yep. you don't need to address it to them but sometimes mm. they might hear and they might hear the other kind of perspectives yeah yeah but you don't need to do this like by the time we get to the fifth course of the, you know, the spinach plus abalone, I must make you agree with me 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that kind of battle. Mm-hmm. It's not a battle right. to be like, I must be right over yeah. you. Yeah. But these kind of things takes time. And I think a lot of people just, um, you know, they, they come from a different background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it is trauma. A lot of it is the kind of thing where um, the way they were bullied in school, mm-hmm. the way they have a chip off the shoulders about something, it's baggage that they're holding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That it's not so easy for you to like do it over, you know, like you sung what a low hill, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't do that. Yeah. So it takes time and it's frustrating, but you don't need to like, it's not about winning mm-hmm. or getting to the finishing line. It's like, as long as you are moving forwards yeah. Yeah. progressively and it's something that will help everyone. Yeah. Funny you talk but about abalone because I, I, do why, that, why, why? I do that approach of shark's fin. <laughs> like I don't take shark's fin, right? Yeah, yeah. And then when they serve it, I mean, it's there, mm. but I leave the bowl there and I leave it very conspicuously so everyone sees it. Yeah. Then someone was really saying, but it's here already, well, just eat it. Okay, yeah. I eat, I eat. And I'm like, I find it's up to you. It's, that's your prerogative, but... I choose not to do it, like, and this is why, blah, blah. But, you know, if you don't, you don't want to listen, it's yeah, okay. But, yeah, like, things you know. change. I mean, just look yeah. at Chinese New Year. It used to be that, oh, everybody must wear new clothes and mm. then do this and then yeah. cannot sweep. Even if you, there's some dirt on the floor, you cannot sweep on the first day yeah, because yeah. you don't want to sweep away the love. But scissors, people are okay to yeah. use their Rovo vacuum, yeah. you know. And, <laughs> and, and you know, it's it all yeah. like uh, people, you know, I, pre-COVID, 
lots of people were just going away yeah. during Chinese yeah. New Year. But that used to be like, no, no, how can you go away? You're supposed to meet all your... Yeah. But traditions change and yeah. it keeps changing all the time. And the same thing with these preconceptions and stereotypes Correct. about Correct. gender. We can continue to go and change. I think the key thing is you need to ask yourself, right? It's the, if it doesn't cost me anything mm-hmm. to help somebody have rights and opportunities, it doesn't take anything away from me. Yeah. Can I be generous enough and caring enough to give somebody else an opportunity? If we mm. love to pride ourselves about being meritocratic, yeah. mm-hmm. can we then make sure that everybody has opportunities? Correct. Yep. If it doesn't cost you anything, yeah. cost you nothing. It's not a zero something, right? Mm. But then they have to challenge these long, ingrained, deeply ingrained attitudes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Right. And you're not capable you're not able to see beyond it many people just can't see beyond it yeah, yeah whether it's male privilege or chinese privilege yeah you know so so you mentioned that you know like if if we all truly believe that singapore is meritocratic i think that's bullshit <laughs> so yeah. i'm not as optimistic as you perhaps and i think um i i when i was younger i also i used to get angry at my friends who maybe not who didn't care as much about things that i cared about uh with with the mm-hmm. with the project in in africa or microfinance or something but then after that i realized okay you can't depend on people's altruism right um and and i think anything that is solely dependent on that is is there's a lot of things that could go wrong. Uh, it's, it's always a give and take. I think for people to speak up against for something they believe, they they need to be ready to to maybe how you say uh, not say suffer but lose something. Um uh and, and that lose something could be debatable. It could be whether or not you lose something it's it's uh it's arguable. But what I wanted to ask you guys is in given the patriarchal patriarchal society of Singapore, the fact that you guys have chosen to speak out against the system did it does it often cross your mind like oh shit am i doing this at the expense of something uh and are you did you did that ever cross your mind you're talking about backlash or anything backlash backlash. and i mean i can i can imagine why like let's say when i was in a corporate right uh in my corporate world i used to hear the big bosses say stuff that was clearly chauvinistic clearly chauvinistic and when i used to ask my female friends why don't you say anything um they were like yeah but if he's deciding my posting would i want to you know, so they made that decision that okay, I can choose what I believe in, but maybe I can put push that aside because I want this more. Mm. So for you guys, throughout the fact that you guys have been with aware for thirty years, for ten plus years, um, did it ever occur to you like why am I doing this? Should I be doing this? Or was it very clear you had this north star that was guiding you? Throughout? No, it was at the beginning for sure. It was we were very clear that we were angry about what was going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if people like us, and this was, because AWARE started at a forum at the NUS Society. Mm. Yep. So it's all graduate type yeah. people, mm. right? And so elite, if not the ruling yeah. elite, but part of the elite. And if people like us with the education and resources are not prepared to do something about it, whatever whatever that doing might be, then who's going to help bring about the change? Mm. You know, and it doesn't to bring about change doesn't mean you have to go into politics, though of course that is one option for some people. Yeah. But uh, we we the, at that point we already had the beginnings of the civil society in Singapore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was quite limited. Mm-hmm. And basically, what we did was get in there and say, as citizens, we think these things are wrong, mm. and we want to be. And people were speaking out, writing letters to the media, even that very forum, and people were talking about these things. But we wanted to do one step more, which is not just grumble, but use research to say, 
why this is wrong mm-hmm. and why the policy should be like this. Mm-hmm. So what we did, starting with just volunteers for the better part of the first 24, 25 years, yep. volunteers were actually finding time, people were all working mostly, finding time in their own time to do research mm-hmm. and to do papers and to organize forums and all. And, and this is some of it was before the internet, you know? Mm-hmm. So people literally had to go and mail, print letters and put it in post boxes and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And basically it is, look, meritocracy or otherwise, you are a citizen in this country, don't leave it to other people out there to run the place. Mm-hmm. If you have views, I mean, if you have even the inkling of a view, delve into it, mm. understand it, talk to people, read about it, research, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that you understand, like shark's fin, right? Mm. How did you get to the point of deciding uh, we, we shouldn't be eating shark's fin? Just from diving a lot and just talking to people. Yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. exactly. So you, you got a, before that, you're probably eating it. Yeah. yeah. Then you get to a point where your consciousness changes and you mm. realize this is bad. Mm-hmm. Right, and then so you start doing it yourself. Yeah. So now it's how far can you influence others? Yeah, you don't yeah. want to go in your face, and you know, anyway, you can't do protests in Singapore, right? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but you have your little demonstrations. Yeah, yeah. And then you hope that you influence others bit by mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. So I think, you, yeah. go ahead. So I think the critical thing for aware. What does aware stand for? So it's association for of women uh, of for, women action, for and action and research. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think you know. Quite a lot of people in advocacy tell this story, and which is also covered in this book called Art of Advocacy, which is a book of essays contributed by um, people in civil society, you know, and, and Margie was one of the editors, right? And uh, one of the contributors tells the story of like, you know, imagine like there's this village, right? And there's a river and you see all these babies floating down the river. Yeah. Mm. Well, you see, you're going to jump in immediately and save the babies, right? Yeah. But then more babies come floating down. And then more people come and join you and save the babies. And then they start building orphanages so they can put the baby somewhere. Mm. But at which point are you going to stop and say, hey, you know what? Why are there babies floating down? Let's mm. go upriver to find mm. out mm. who's throwing these babies into the river. <laughs> and then right. see how you can stop it. Right. Yeah. So this yeah. is what True. AWARE does. You know, a lot of the things that we, we, we do know is from, you know, might be things like from our helpline. So a mm. lot of people mm. call a helpline. I mean, last year it just went off the charts, right? The number of calls that went because of COVID. Um, So people call in for all kinds of things, legal advice, counseling, or they, you know, might be sexual assault cases, all these domestic violence, stalking, workplace harassment. Mm. So when people call in and after a while, and of course all the cases are kept confidential, but when you start hearing a few things, like for example, it used to be a lot of the calls that came in would be things like um, domestic violence. Mm. And a lot of times people can withstand and tolerate a lot of abuse and yeah. when it, until it gets to a point where perhaps like the spouse is h- hitting the child as well. Mm-hmm. And then it's breaking point. They know they, ha- they really have to do something already, yeah. right? Yeah. They call, they ask for help. And, and then you start to realize things like, oh, they can't leave. Because it used to be that if you get divorced, you have to sell your HDB flat. Yeah. Mm. And then once you sell your HDB flat, there used to be a 36-month debarment from you buying or renting directly from HDB. Mm. So already it, a lot of these situations is like, there's a divorce, you have to sell the flat, you may already be in debt or whatever money you have, it goes straight into a CPF. Mm. But the system assumes that most people make a profit from the HDB. And maybe they do, but then the thing is, you still have to live somewhere afterwards, yeah. right? Yeah. But the fact that you cannot buy directly, mm. 
or rent directly from HDB for 36 months. That what was the, the policy that was designed before. True. Yeah. It ends up being like, you know, with so many cases where other people then don't leave the marriage because they can't afford to. Yeah. Or they end up, you know, um, after the flat is sold, they end up like having to stay with like some relatives in Bunle one mm. week. And then the next week, they're going to stay in Bordeaux. What mm. happens to the children? There's yeah. no stable housing. Of course, that's going to affect your reason. Your schooling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when yeah. we talk about meritocracy and everything, it's it's how false or how thin it is, right? Is when people are not given that kind of equitable support. Yeah. Because yeah. of policies that actually keep pulling the rug from under you. Mm. So everybody's standing on the same ground, but I'll pull the rug from under you. Yeah. And you know, and the the policy was done in such a way and we can assume that because this is what has been said in Parliament and statements by HDB was that Oh, it's because people, they don't want people to just buy and sell and flip their flats just yeah. to make a, a a profit. But I don't think so many people go to the trouble of just like getting divorced just to make money from flat and then like get married again or what, you know, you don't, right? Yeah. But the effect on single parents with children yeah, and to not give them that stable housing, because then you have to make very poor choices. Mm. Because if you buy or rent directly from HDB, it's very different when you buy on resale. Ah, friends around us who just bought something from resale, right? Mm -hmm. You know what the disparity is. Yeah. It yeah. puts you very far behind in terms of savings. Mm -hmm. Or if you don't have already savings, it puts you a, at a real handicap, mm -hmm. right? So then the kind of choices and all the cases we're getting in from the helpline, from research, were women who are saying things like, um, you know, they took a, a, a room and a lot of the landlords don't want, you know, they just want to rent to one person. They don't want yeah. to rent to one person plus three children. Mm. You know, like uh, one woman was telling us that uh, she took a night security job so that daytime she could be with, look after her children mm. because the landlord was harassing her daughter. Oh. You mm. know, other situations where, you know, people get chased out, um, get forced to do very unpleasant things mm. and unpleasant things that happen to them. But it came from a, actually a policy of like, A, actually it makes sense, but it's a very rational policy. We don't want people to abuse the system. Yep, yep. Yeah. But you don't realize that it actually squeezes the most vulnerable mm. and mm. The, the, the people who need most help. Yeah. You correct. know, so thanks to like, you know, all the research, the case studies, the helpline, because the thing you see, A, is not individual problem there. It's a systemic problem, mm. right? And, and single, uh, uh, you know, single parents, whether you're men or women, mm with their children, they're really given like the short end and, and yeah. it's putting them in. And once you start to get into debt, it snowballs, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And then it becomes a, you know, it might be the possibility of generational things. So because we do the research, we work with other organizations, we do, you know, you kind of tie together the experiences from the, the, the takings that you know are coming through the service, through the helpline mm -hmm. and the care services, and then the research. Then, you know, working with other people, other organizations, and also other MPs, mm. right? So we were able to put a petition through, through Lewis Ong in this particular case. He brought mm -hmm. it up in parliament, he talked about it. Yeah. And they still kept saying, no, you know, uh, cannot. And then they said, oh, if and if you want to appeal, you can talk to MP. You go to meet the people session. I mean, it's a lot of people spending a lot of time um, dealing with a lot of people with a lot of problems, mm. queuing up and everything. Not to be able to wait at a meet a people session is time that a lot of people cannot afford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To wait three hours to ask an MP whether to listen to my case and then you know yeah. write letter to HDB. All these kind of things it takes time. So it's it's um, what can we do to make sure that what matters most is a fair chance to the children and give mm. them the stable housing. Yeah. So so I mean right now you guys do a lot of research, right? There's a lot more public info about the issues, the systemic issues. But do you guys find that? Um, 
Okay, let's say another huge, uh, like there are multiple huge issues the world is confronting that I would think that with more info, people would come together. But people are getting more polarized, right? Mm. Do you find that with the with the issue of gender equality? Because there's so much info, right? Uh, so much more info than ever before. But from my observation, it feels like the camps are splitting further apart. You get people coming in the middle, but you get people at their ages who are just digging in mm-hmm. further and further. Yeah. And I would say both on the anti-feminist and the feminist. But right. that's from my objective, neutral observation. But how do you guys... Uh, this kind see of polarization that. you see it ha- happening everywhere. Yeah, mm. politically in in America, for instance, right? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, well, we can just work at it, mm-hmm. you know. And and the point we made earlier about finding, we need to recognize that the way we talk may not connect with many people. Yeah, mm. right. Or, or everyone, if we recognize it from the start, mm-hmm. we're always a bit overly conscious that we were an elite group, English speaking. You know, do we are we really in touch with? with um, ordinary people, so to speak. Mm. The mm. fact that our care services has given us access to real stories yeah. of people across the board. So with that in hand, we are finding, learning all the time about how we can communicate more effectively. Mm. You know, um, But there's a limit because we are still an NGO. Mm. We don't have the mass resources to go out and pound the streets and knock on doors in housing estates, right? Yeah. yeah. It's a limit yeah. to what we can do. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But so there are the pros and cons towards social media, right? Yeah. I mean, just as there's a podcast for us to come and say these things, the other podcasts yeah. will say other things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And yes. um, yeah. I think, but the key thing is, I think sometimes, you know, it's the kind of thing when like, for example, when CNN first started, everybody's like, oh my God, it's terrible because there's all this news happening, but that's now the norm, 24 yeah. hours mm. news yeah, cycle. What you get yeah. used to, and then yeah. now we're used to this idea, it's like every second is breaking news. Mm-hmm. So you feel like, well, you, everything is so cranked up, right? But I think it's, you know, apart from the, you know, situation from putting the COVID situation aside, putting the pandemic aside, I think if you look at it in, in, in history, we've never been, at a better place. Mm, mm. Okay, environment aside. Okay, so many things aside, but in general, in terms of like, you know, um, uh, kind of like uh, minority rights, um, women's rights, um, you know, access to, you know, things like, all these things, it's it's better now than it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of good things which are progressively getting better. So that's that's kind of like the good news actually. You do Mm -hmm. get a few sort of two steps forward, one step back. Yeah, sometimes. But I think the key thing what we need to remember is that, yeah, a lot of people say, isn't advocacy very tiring? You talk so Mm -hmm. much, write so many letters, then still like nothing changes. But you know, actually things do change. It just takes time. Mm -hmm. And if we were, and if you burn yourself out or if you just say, I give up, right? You got to think like, what we have now came from other people working before us. Mm-hmm. Then they were the similarly like, well, I cannot stand it already, can't care already, you know, I had enough, I'm burnt out, I don't care anymore, somebody else gonna deal with it. Yeah. But because they started, even though they didn't complete it and they weren't able to, they were frustrated out of it, they weren't able to achieve whatever, what they started, mm. then we were able to pick up. Mm, and then sure. it's our time to get frustrated and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then yeah. next generation will pick up and we progressively build on it. You know, if everybody was just like, oh, okay, politics is not my bucket, it's other people yeah, yeah. do. You know, but I, I, any policies, politics, is any citizen's right mm-hmm. to think about, to wonder about, to say, how can I improve it? How can I give feedback? I mean, maybe yeah. we're not so good at this, but we're much better now than we were ever before. Correct. Mm. And social and, media also gives, uh, I mean, it's it's a real platform. Yeah, that, but to make it instead of like, I want to complain, you know. Uh, yeah, 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 so yeah. so speaking sides. of social media, how do you all deal with trolls, uh? 
<laughs> I, I, we, we, I, generally, I think it's best to ignore them mm -hmm. because by engaging with them, you're feeding into their need for, for airing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So, I, I think we we try to get avoid getting drawn into that kind mm. of gutter Got it. sort of. You know? Are you yeah. talking about it because it's in relation to the? I mean, partly, but also because topic. I mean, whenever there's a there's a pro uh, feminist uh, video, even if it's a YouTube video or a post or something, you will always get the opposite ends in the comments, lah. Uh, and I'm I'm just curious how you guys deal with that. And some people are clearly trolls. They say things even you read, you're like, what the fuck mm. is this guy talking mm. about? But what about the more how you say? more measured arguments or more measured comments, uh, whether or not you, you agree with them, whether or not I agree with them, even for our subreddit, right? Um, certain times we make a podcast, like our most recent podcast, I think there are already people shitting on us for our take on the domestic helper and the access to facilities. But we like that because sometimes they might say something that 90% I disagree, but there's that 10% thing that makes me go, huh, do you, do you guys, do you guys like, see that happening often? When it I comes think the to thing is, you know, if you want to deal with trolls, it's is what we we say like don't give them oxygen, right? So mm. don't mm. go and engage them because it takes a lot of your energy. Yeah. But yeah. I also think that um, what people do do a lot of people who do um, follow us on the various social media channels is then they step in, mm. and sometimes it's not about winning that fight, but I think sometimes it's stating out you know different points of view so that you're actually not doing it for the trolls. You're doing yeah. it for everybody else reading on lurking mm. who never comment but will read, mm. you know? So I think for all that, we need to remember that um, there's a lot of people who, there are a lot of people who don't comment, mm -hmm. but they will read. Yeah. So right. it's still worth your while to say something. Mm, that's right. Um, but don't you don't need to address the troll yeah. directly. But you got to wonder like, who are these people who are trolls, correct, correct. right? John like, Snow. what happened to you? Why are you so bent on doing yeah. this, you know? Mm. And then go to all the trouble of like Correct. picking out somebody else's profile or some even don't know how to pick yeah. other people's profile. I can see what your wife looks like and see what yeah. your children look I know what football club you support, you mm. know? And I know where you work. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not saying I'm going to stalk you or, yeah, you know, yeah. going to dox you or anything like that. But it's just the, I think a lot of people really don't realize it's so easy to just tack, tack, tack on your phone, yeah. right? Onto social media. They don't realize what it looks like outside, correct, you know, correct. and whether there are repercussions or all these things. And yeah. I think in general, yeah. media literacy in Singapore is very it's, low. Mm. Oh, that idea, so? So? well, you know, what, what, when I mean, but what I mean by that is, for example, it, the spectrum of like, you know, the kind of lives that people li live, the cyber lives that people live, children, mm. 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 right? For example, that idea that, you know, you're on Roblox, you're gaming, um, you've got, you know, kids who are playing with adults who are like 50 something years old but pretending to be 12. Mm. You've got all these other things. You've got people writing things and just, um, uh, you know, uh, not realizing their profiles can be traced. They, you have people just, you know, entering things and getting riled up and being polarized. So this effect of like what you read, you know, those mm. like endless WhatsApp chains that in your yeah. family WhatsApp group, you keep getting mm. on this yeah, thing. Yeah, it's like, yeah. And nobody stops to go like, where did this come from? Yeah. Have you figured yeah. out, you know, is it accurate? Is it whatever? And people just take it. So that level of literacy, mm. of critical mm. literacy of saying like, where did this come from? What was this about? Is this accurate? Is this what? We need to do that a little better. Mm. I think mm. they're trying to as much as they can at schools. Yeah. But all of us could learn a bit more like, to ask like, you know, better questions. I think like what you all said about the, the effects of a patriarchal society as well as you just saw take instructions from the mainstream media and assume that oh it must be correct because it comes from a 
a printed newspaper and everything. La. And, Without thinking like, hey, Photoshop, and like every primary three yeah. kid knows how to Photoshop already or yeah. do some app thing. Or even you just can fake anything, are, you know? Mm. Or even just the way something is written, there can be an, there is an, there can be an agenda behind something that seems really objective. It seems like it's, it's just reporting, but there could be some, some agenda Absolutely. behind it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, mm. so, yeah, I mean, um, we, we did want to talk about, uh, a very brewing, a brewing uh, storm that's developing, going on now, developing which story. has a lot to do with social media and trolls and what and also, what's going on. As I well, mean, the like. one thing that we did talk about on our podcast is for uh, Mr. Wiswa. Um, mm. <laughs> of course, I mean, right now it is a developing story, uh, and assuming the screenshots, for example, that I think that Miss Kiran shared on Facebook, um, assuming that they were uh, we they were not doctored or anything, um, it it just boggles my mind that someone. Given it's 2021, given we were just talking about how much info there is out there, how it, it, it feels like it's in mainstream consciousness that you shouldn't do these sort of things. How, 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 how to rationalize that? Here is a guy in a position of power, very experienced, obviously educated. He still did that. Because like, people get away with it all the time. It's been happening mm. for think, centuries. If, mm. You know, they see how they can get away with it. They see mm. how other people get away with it. So in that sense, also poor media literacy, like because he WhatsApp the message. It's <laughs> well, okay. That's that's maybe a good advertising. You know, who wants to be a new spokesperson for media yeah. literacy? Yeah, like the fact that I mean that did happen four years ago. But even with the recent incident with Sharul, given it's a Zoom call, given that there were other mm. people there, it's so. How I was trying to think about okay, maybe he knows it and he's getting away with it, mm. or maybe he's just so so oblivious to to how that. Uh, could come across like, which again boggles my mind He's he owns a PR company mm. right he is in media and I was just trying to think okay what is going on there and I couldn't couldn't find a way to rationalize it like. so I think if you listen to a lot of um, or talk to a lot of your female friends or mm. older mm. people might be like 5-10 years 20-30 years older than you a lot of people will just say that's how it always yeah, is yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you you know and you you feel helpless. You know yeah. it doesn't change. More importantly, you're afraid to lose your job. Mm. Yeah. Um, and and as it's shown, if you speak up, you might get trolled. You might get, mm. you know, people sending you really nasty I things mean, to, you know, yeah. that, message That was box. the whole basis of the Me Too movement, right? That, mm-hmm. that was actually started like 15 years ago in America. I didn't really, the time was not right. People did not have the, the concept, the language to mm. take issue with this. But three years ago in 2017, I think is when the Me Too movement, hashtag Me Too movement, took off because mm-hmm. the time was right. There were enough people who were beginning to recognize the situation, recognize their unhappiness with it, and finding the strength, the courage to say mm. enough is enough mm. yeah. and speaking up. And so, the rest of the people to come in and support and rally and say, I hear you, I mm, believe you, yeah. I hear you, are you in a better place now? What can I do to help? Okay, but right. can I just ask, I mean, uh, I'm just trying to come from as layman a, a perspective as possible because uh, I mean, the, the truth is when I first saw Sharo's posting and, and hearing her side of the story, I was like, hmm, there could be, it, in some ways there could be a genuine misunderstanding of what he said, like, you know, it's a he say, mm. she say thing. But of course, later as I saw the screenshots from another person and hearing, also hearing firsthand that there might be other people, then I realized, okay, this is, seems like this guy, you know, he pattern. does this, he has a pattern to his mm-hmm. behavior. Um, but what what do you say to, to um, you know, people who, 
who are saying someone like Sharu, you know, she's a comedian. Her upcoming show is Cleavage Moroku Crusher. Yeah. You know, and, and, and she's been known to be quite crude, even in her own like day-to-day language. We did a podcast with her and her husband, Rishi. Mm. It was quite crude and the language there was quite crude and everything. What do you say to people who like, I don't know, you're a comedian who dabbles in this space and this is your your space, but but now one person says something that is, you know, seemingly can be misconstrued as as uh, innocuous and all. Um, how do you square that? Like, uh, what well, Sharu's identity as a quite a brash, crude comedian, and, well, and that's what she's a stage going persona. Mm, mm. That's her job. That's mm-hmm. what she does for a living. Yeah. So, but the but the key thing is like when an audience says, "I'm going to come and watch you," yeah, at a comedy club, and I want to watch your set. Mm. I know what kind of comedy you do. What kind mm. of in a you know between the audience and the comedian, you're kind of in an agreement. Okay. Mutual agreement is like, yeah, I'm gonna heckle you and you're gonna heckle me because I know this is kind of humor and this is why I paid money to come and watch your show. Mm. You're in agreement and in this is in this setting, mm. right? Mm. But in this other situation where you know um, that she was you know being harassed that way and you know it was just yeah to some it's deme- uh, it's a innocuous remark but actually if you look at it it's like she was asked to come on a show to be interviewed about social issues mm. on a professional setting. Mm-hmm. People who have never met, they've never met each other before. Mm. And basically in one sentence, he basically reduced her to like a sex object and mm. made whoever was listening on see her as just like, oh, yeah, you're naked. Mm. Right? Um, it's it put a, a, and that it's a visual points. image. Mm. Okay, maybe not yeah. everyone will see it that way, but yeah. there are enough people who will see it that way and that is how she felt, and that's the most valid point. Mm. And so her, she felt. Right. so her, their agreement for her to come onto the show was she was told it was going to be an interview about social issues, mm. right? Yeah. And yes, herself as a comedian, how she deals with it, but it's it's definitely a different platform. Mm. You know, there's a propriety and there's an etiquette and there's a courtesy and a consideration, yeah. Yeah. right? When you cross the line like that, okay, maybe it was like faux pas. Then apologize. Mm. Sincerely. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so so you. But you, you know, there's this kind of issue. apology which okay. we call the non-apology. Mm. It sounds like an apology. You're, you're referencing his actual apology mm. that he put out. So I think that's quite yeah. famous. You know, you see everywhere these kind of apologies. It's so common right now, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm sorry if you feel hurt. Yeah. Mm. Rather than saying I'm sorry I hurt you. Yeah. Mm. So right, and and this is what good. You know, like you pay top dollar for crisis comms management because mm. people will help you craft. <laughs> yeah. The statement in such a way is like. Don't worry, you don't need to say you're wrong. Don't okay. worry, you don't need to say you're sorry. You just say like that, like, like that. It sounds like you're apologizing. So, so it's good that you bring that up because in previous podcasts, Terence and I have always talked about is there a path to redemption for people who commit acts of sexual harassment? Of course, you have varying degrees. Like, like Harvey Weinstein, he's mm. in jail mm. for, forever. He it's deserves crime, it. Right, yeah. But for someone like uh, Visfa, for example, you are saying that there is a way to construct an apology that is sincere and that could be redeemed redeeming if that's the correct word. So here's the key thing. Yeah. It's not about construct. Yeah. It is or it's not. Mean it. Mean yeah. it. Are you yeah. sincere or you're not? Yeah. You can construct it to sound sincere, meaning it's not sincere, but you're making it front like it is. Yeah. It's just it either is sincere or it's not. And if it's a sincere apology, then we can start. Mm. Then also, we can say, if somebody has a pattern of doing this, is this person willing to go through counseling? Yeah. But it has mm. to start with that. Mm-hmm. That you are, you see that something went wrong, and you know you've got a pattern of doing it. You know mm. that, and more importantly, you're gonna account, be accountable. Mm. 
mm-hmm. to the victims mm-hmm. yes. because it's about them. I mean, you you just need to know if any, if you know, for example, the survivor, the victim, yeah. Kiran, appears before you. Are you gonna everything that you're thinking, or you might have thought before? How if this is somebody you you know? Mm. Let's not do that. Is your sister, your mother, what? It's a person, mm. just a mm. person right in front and of the, you. And the point is, he has not so far address this issue of what Kiran yeah. has said. Yeah. Mm. And it's not a he sh- he said she said, right? There are screenshots, yeah. Screenshots. And there's, there's screenshots of no his... reason for her to be doctoring it. Yeah. Right. And and she didn't actually come out with it. She had just posted a su- message in support of Sharo. Yeah. And they talked and Sharo was able to convince her that she should go public with it. Mm-hmm. And it's there. Yeah. And he has not addressed it. So so from your experience, what could be going on in the world of Wiswa and his team, for example, because it is obviously an issue that people are talking about. It appeared in the newspapers. Uh, people are not dumb. They can see the screenshots. But is there a reason why he might not be choosing to address it? You and have even to ask him. But <laughs> we can't speak for him on this. Next episode yeah. <laughs> on Yala Bad. <laughs> because, I, I mean, mean, it would be great if we could get him. Uh, that would be cool. But, um, have you tried? We haven't tried. Well, why don't you try? Yes. Yeah. His mm. company is called Strategic Moves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? Strategic Moves. No, I mean, he's <laughs> exactly. get him on and get him to talk about it. Yeah. But I think and the key thing is when you ask him to talk about it, I think the key thing is that, you know, you, you while we're all wondering, speculating and all that, there's a survivor, there's a victim mm-hmm. that this has been done to. Mm. They are the receipts, Correct. so to yep. speak, yeah. with all the screenshots. Yep. Yeah. And in all this time of like, Breaking news, somebody posts somebody else yeah. says that this has never been addressed. Yeah. Okay. Okay. As and, if it and, never happened. It's like right in your face. Yeah. You know, yeah. Trying to 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 But it's still not her. being addressed. Okay. Whether so. refuted or an apology, just no acknowledgement at all. So mm. I think this is something also we spoke about on the podcast. Like, do you think that given that there are screenshots from one source, right? Um, it is the mainstream media should give it its due attention or or how how best or is it wrong that the mainstream media is not covering it? Because that was something that I didn't have the answer to and we were talking about on the podcast as well. Uh, the fact that none of Straight Times and all, they did not acknowledge the screenshots. Yeah. So yeah. you have to ask mm. them. We can't speak for them. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, one hopes that there's a reporter who's trying to get onto it, who's mm-hmm. onto it yeah. and trying yeah. to get more information. Mm-hmm. But ask, ask yeah. Straits Times why, why they remember haven't remember back it. with the yeah. Aware Saga how mm. resourceful reporters can be. <laughs> yeah. Rookie yeah, reporters exactly. yeah, even. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. then I think it's, um, and we've seen in many other cases, you know, day-to-day things with breaking news, mm. then blah, blah, blah. You're, here's another post, here's another post. Yeah. You know, for online social media, um, online uh, journalism and also, you know, print journalism. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we know how resourceful they can be. We yeah. know that they can follow through yeah, a story. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so then I think the question has to be posed to them. Mm. How come not this one? So, no, mm. I mean, the, the, the point here is uh, Vishwa is obviously a very experienced person who's very mm-hmm. well connected, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and really in his position, he needs to take responsibility for his actions and come mm. out and not try to diffuse the situation the way he has so far, mm-hmm. but acknowledge what has been said. Yeah. And he has talked about in his post, it's been a learning experience. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. What exactly have you learned? There was a comment on an aware post, right? Yeah. He commented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Learning sounds very good, right? Yeah. But what exactly have you learned? And more importantly, how is it how are you going to change your approach to things mm-hmm. with this learning? Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. You're in a you're in an influential position. You're in a position to influence other men. Mm-hmm. Right? You move in quite exalted circles. Mm-hmm. What I hope it's not what has been the case in many other places of men in high places, you know, building the circling and protecting one of your own kind. Mm-hmm. And I think it comes down to this, right? It's the idea of power. Mm-hmm. It's regardless of whether you're male or female. And then mm-hmm. the powerlessness of the survivors, of the victims, whether you're male or female, mm-hmm. right? So you don't talk about meritocracy and all that, but that idea that, you know, you would have to suffer any kind of abuse and discrimination mm-hmm. just because you want to have a job. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. meritocratic is that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So actually, just to build on something you said earlier and what Harish also said about the path to redemption, what is the what would be the ideal thing, the end, end scenario for, for Vishwa right now in terms of like, Coming forward with a full out, a sincere apology. You, you mentioned counseling as well, and also talking about what he has actually learned. But do you think, on top of that, because I mean, he holds positions at boards and things like that, mm. should there be some kind of, uh, you know, for all we talk about cancel culture and all that, they say there need to be consequences. It's consequence culture, not cancel culture. So like. I think that we are. Um, in this area, very undereducated in Singapore. Mm, Because considering even things like age-appropriate, you know, comprehensive sexual programs about teaching, you know, boys and girls about consent, about Mm. respect, about boundaries, we're not very good about teaching dignity, Mm, mm, right? So it's not, you know, and these children one day become adults. And when you're adults in high positions and you think you can abuse your power, Mm -hmm. then it can go to nasty places, right? And it can have very, very bad damaging effects and you know on, on, on people you you are around. And I think, you know, the thing is that we have to do several things in tandem. It's just not mm. one case, right? Mm. So whether we can teach better things about consent, dignity, respect, right? Mm. Uh, equal to everyone, regardless of what job, what job posting, what designation you you hold, which board you sit on, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, you know, um, HR departments can do better by also holding things like, you know, have a good HR policy, mm. have good mm. workshops where you talk about unconscious bias. Yeah. Because it's not just about gender, it's also about race, it's yeah. also about religion. You know, it's that mm. idea that, you know, it's uh, if you're not the same as me, I'd rather be my own kind. Oh, we all Tianghua Yi, then mm. all the Chinese speakers talk together. Yeah. You know, and it's meant in a very innocuous way. Again, innocuous, but you don't realize that, oh, but then my Indian Excuse colleague someone, yeah. is not going to be able to be part of that conversation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? If you're going to have a cell group prayer during lunch and uh, to only two people out of everyone does not belong to subscribe to the same religion, yeah. are they being excluded in a way at the workplace? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so all we're asking is is that fairness, mm. right? Okay. And so then if you can hold things like, and we need to learn because, you know, a lot of times we haven't had the opportunity to learn. So whether we can learn at school, can learn from homes, you can mm. learn an office environment where you can do like workshops about unconscious bias or understanding about what workplace harassment looks like and how as a first responder you can help with the survivor you know whether you're a a colleague whether you're Mm. HR department Mm. um, what you shouldn't do in the first place don't even do that in the first place right when you're on a train when you get molested what happens you know as a bystander what can I do as a first responder we can all learn better all these kind of things Mm -hmm, so anyway if you're asking about uh, you know coming back to this whole thing about um, is there redemption I think the first time to redemption you have to first say do you acknowledge that something you had done Mm. had a very detrimental effect on someone you should not have done Mm -hmm. that Acknowledge that first. Okay. Can you apologize for it? Yeah. Unreservedly, mm. because 
for all your 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 own trying to protect yourself, the fact is you hurt somebody, you had damaged yeah, somebody yeah. else. Can you account for that first? Yeah. Can you make sure that that person's kind of well-being is taken mm. care of? Can you extend a part of yourself to do that for someone else? Yeah. I, I, do I, that first. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I'm not trying to gloss over that process, which I think is necessary. It's just that uh, a lot of uh, people who who counter that will say, how about someone like Louis C.K., you know, he reserved, uh, he un- apologized unreservedly for, you know, what he, I mean, basically he was jerking off in front, in front of, of uh, people without, without their consent that, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and he came forward and said, you know, I have problems, I need to fix them. And he disappeared mm-hmm. for a while. But when he came back on stage, what, a year, two years later, um, you know, there was a lot, there was an uproar and people were still saying that he shouldn't be allowed to perform. He shouldn't be allowed to do what he does for a living or and, and, and that. Like. So that, that's why I, I hear a lot of people come up with that argument like, oh, there's no there's no way for these people to be in society and they're cancelled forever. And it's how can we allow that to happen? I, I, I think there's a way because we have seen other people who have been able to say, I, I, I shouldn't have done that and I did wrong. Mm-hmm. And then it takes some time. Mm. Right, in the same way that the mm. trauma can last for a long time, mm. then the road back to kind of that idea of like, you know, what's kind of like reparation or what's oh, the okay. idea of like social kind of like uh, um, restoration and that kind of thing, it, it, it takes time and you need to work at it, mm. right? Mm. It's not to say, well, somebody's canceled for that. There's no such thing. And then, mm. you know, in any case, like somebody like um, uh, Louis C.K., he, he, he was back on the road quite soon yeah, after that and to and, and with yeah. a lot of support. Yeah. Mm. So we shouldn't even imagine mm. it's so black and white mm. and like, well, so effective like that, you know, mm. Thanos kind of like snap, right? So it's a time, like you're saying it, a bit it, it, time. Time well. and your effort. But you, but you're you gonna need to put start in the effort. By acknowledging that you've done wrong. Mm. Yeah. You know, and apologizing to the people that you've hurt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you look at Tiger Woods, right? When he mm. had he went public with a very public press conference and then mm. he went yeah. into rehab. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Correct. And I think it's the the key thing is like a lot of people say things like, ah, like that means I cannot flirt anymore. Mm. Ah, no such thing. And then some women are saying, but I actually like flirting. But you know, the key thing is that you flirt with somebody you're interested in. Yeah. Right? When you watch it on TV, Korean drama, you know, the, the, you know, the Japanese Korean trope where you, the man kind of like towers over the woman, then you slap the hand on the wall, kind of mm. towering over her, cornering mm. her. And but the thing is, the last last like eight episodes, you've been watching how this woman is interested in this man, and this yeah. man is interested in this woman. Finally, like eighteen episodes, they get to that point. You're like, please get it over and done with already. But you <laughs> you're attracted to the characters, yeah. And you like that the characters are attracted to each other, yeah. And the storyline has shown that they're attracted. That's called yeah. consent. Mm-hmm. But if somebody you don't know, or in a professional setting, right? in a professional yeah. setting, does yeah. that to you, and you feel like you cannot say anything because you might not, you lose your job, yeah. yeah, or you might not job get opportunities. That's clearly wrong, mm. right? So when people say things like, "Huh, oh, cannot joke at the office anymore. I don't know how to be in a meeting with a woman," mm. you know, in an office setting, it's like, "Wow, if you're saying yeah, that, yeah. that's a good first acknowledgement that you might be a dangerous person because mm-hmm. your judge, your sense of judgment and discretion." may need a bit of help. Mm-hmm. Go and take courses, workshops we have, from we HR. We have courses at, uh, at AWARE. Uh, mm. Sexual assault first responder training mm. and you a know, whole bunch of other things that can help you. Unconscious bias yeah. or what to yeah. do about workplace harassment and things like that. If you feel like you don't know how to deal with it, learn. Mm. And there, there are courses that a lot of people run, counselors run, AWARE yeah. runs that can help you with that. Correct. correct. Right? So, so, it, so you can learn when is an appropriate time. You correct, don't have to be yeah. so fearful can learn. Mm-hmm. So so then what what about have you guys seen any instances in media say stand up comedians uh, male stand up comedians where 
the jokes kind of cut a bit too close to the issue of gender gender equality or gender rights where you feel like ah you know maybe not now maybe, or is, like how do you how do you grapple with that because you know there is some comedians say there's nothing you can joke about right there's nothing you can't make content about but do you guys see at this point in time maybe there are things that that we shouldn't trivialize through content or media or jokes I think the rule of thumb is if you feel you have the right to say anything then you have to also understand that other people have a right to say back something. Mm. So if you want that freedom of speech you yeah. also have to accept the responsibilities and mm-hmm. consequences. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And I think you know yeah you know you want to push the boundaries and all that but at yeah. whose expense right? You kind of like don't dump don't joke down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't right? punch down. Right? Yeah. Always yeah. punch up. Like, yeah, punch yeah. up rather yeah. than, you know, uh, do that. I think in, in general, don't do this kind of like lazy cheap low blows, right? Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. if you want your comedy and 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 you know, and sometimes it's like your comedy is not up to my taste or somebody mm-hmm. else's kind of sense of principles, then don't go and support. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. But I think the larger consequences is when it's people of influence. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> when it's somebody, <clears throat> excuse me, who has like you know from what they say and do can affect your job and yeah. your livelihood and your yeah. opportunities then that sh- those kind of consequences should be reckoned with and we should be able to do what we can to help and to provide a kind of like climate where people can for goodness sake like spend your energy on doing interesting creative yeah. productive work you know yeah. don't spend time about like oh my boss is sending me dick pics yeah. <laughs> come on it's like why are we doing but, this but there's mm. also something that i think uh, i see a lot of commenters uh, saying is that um was there a need to for Sharo to have named him if let's say he, he he let's say he was willing to apologize uh unreservedly and also you know go for counseling and, and everything um she well was, she felt that she said that the apology was not as heartfelt mm, was not genuine mm, mm, mm. and she was really looking at it as i have experienced what millions of women mm. have experienced over the years yeah okay and i'm in a position to call it out mm. and take a stand mm-hmm. right and knowing what the consequences might be yeah yeah and i think so, the, the yeah the key thing is standing up and speaking out yeah. right and yeah. the key thing was that right the fact that um she saw the she saw the state the this email and basically you know it in the way she has read it it's the that was it's you know that I'm like i said the classic yeah. non apology mm. of like yeah. um well, i'm sorry if you feel hurt yeah. cuz yeah. they quoted him in the straight times article right mm. as saying something along the lines of like i i didn't mean it but i could see how it may have mm. come across or some yeah. something like that like which you read also you're like it's just obviously very trying to spin spin it off yeah like. Like, i don't see how it could be offended but if i did offend it you i'm sorry yeah mm. yeah mm. you know just say it 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 came out and it was wrong and i'm mm. sorry mm. i'm sorry that you know that was very unpleasant uh, this made things unpleasant for you i'm sorry i created that situation mm-hmm. yeah right yeah. but more pressingly is the like kiran's account mm. right if mm. you look at the harassment she got yeah that, you know and that's what's yeah. captured in the screenshots mm. now i'm not saying categorically who's right or who's wrong mm. but then he has to account for it if this is out then he should account for it but yeah. in all whatever kind of statements that he has put online or you know on social media or that appear in the press he's never once mentioned about Kiran's case mm-hmm. that is not by accident mm-hmm. i would speculate yeah that is uh, i would have a big question like how come 
how come you can say so many things back about the Sharul one, but you've not said a single thing about Kiran's case? Sounds yeah. like a case where, you know, if you pretend you don't see it, it will go away. It's like, like in primary school. Hey guys, look over there. Yeah. No, no, look over there. It's like in primary school when you avoid eye contact with the teacher. right? So to not get called on. So, you know, and towards what people might be thinking like, hey, then like that, you know, then if I do something wrong, nobody will ever forgive me. No, I think just take the step to say, you know, um, I mean, the last time sexist thing would be man up. No, mm. it's not man mm. up or woman up. It's just the take responsibility for what you do. Yeah. And then at least, you know, care for the person that this has been done for and say, mm. look, I hurt you yeah. and it was wrong. Correct. Yeah. And I'm, I am, I will take the responsibility for it. Correct. You so, start from there. So, and uh, also just, uh, I just want to add also the something that's often forgotten is that when you say victims as well, because we were actually last Saturday literally with Rishi, her husband, mm. uh, appearing on his live show. So, I mean, in the midst of planning for his first big live show during the pandemic or that, he was dealing with this uh, at home as well, yeah. you know. And I'm, I, I mean, I felt bad la, for for, uh, for him as a husband, as, you know, uh, his mm. family and everything that he's trying to, you know, put up this big show that would help the industry a lot, you know. Mm. And he's dealing with all this at home and having yeah. to justify everything to, to I don't know, to his friends and, and on social media. So in terms of victims as well, we're not talking about just, you know, the the, the person itself mm. who's re- and the receiving of the messages, but the whole ecosystem, right. the, everyone her around family, them. Her family, yeah. her friends. Yeah. Because yeah. it's the people, it's somebody you care about a yeah, lot. Exactly, mm. yeah. And then also it was, it came to be the situation where it was misrepresented that yeah. he was there the at the call, group. but yeah. actually he yeah. was not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that was a misrepresentation. So yeah. it's also distressing where somebody says something of you that, you know, it's, yeah. it's yeah, exactly. uh, f- inaccurately presented. So, so going back to something you said earlier about how, you know, there there sometimes can be people saying, you know, I'm scared to do this, right? I'm scared to do this because I will never be forgotten. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just, just uh, sometimes I, I try to think, okay, why why do people feel that way? Not going to lie, sometimes I do feel that way as well. Um, and I think there might be an issue sometimes where on the internet, people can get too, too fervent. So for, as you guys, you know, you guys are part of an organization that champions women's rights. But do you gender equality? Gender equality, uh, yeah, gender equality. Mm. But in that whole notion, do you also find yourself sometimes looking at the internet and saying, "Okay, that is a bit too extreme." You know, I I think coming to the first point when you're saying that sometimes you're not sure what you should say. Yeah, I think in the situation of like workplace harassment or harassment anywhere, mm-hmm. it's um somebody has been sending around this link, right? It's basically the this test is the. Uh, the Rock, you know, mm. Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. Yeah. Mm. And basically you just tell yourself if you're in a dark alley somewhere or you're in a situation, the things you're going to say to this woman, would you say that to The Rock? Mm-hmm. Mm. Or would you want somebody like The Rock to proposition you in the same way? Mm-hmm. Then you can decide for yourself, should I say this woman? Hmm, maybe not such a good idea. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, there's ways for you to think about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you make a mistake, okay, you know, then just fess up to it oh, and then you can take responsibility for it and all that. Actually, I was talking about the reaction that um, pro-feminism people mm. post online. Do you sometimes see the way people react so I think that's, that's the kind of thing. I think we tend to do this whole like, um, like for example, right? The whole yeah. thing that happened with Aware Saga. Yeah. We're not saying the Christians. No, it was a bunch of people who happened to be Christians. Yeah. But more importantly, what made them that group is they think it's okay to usurp and to do a hostile takeover. Yeah. That's what made them, the common denominator was that 
they thought it's okay to lie mm. because they kept pretending they didn't know each other and then they had a whole orchestration but they pretended it was not orchestrated. Mm -hmm. It was people bound by these lies. That mm -hmm. was a common denominator. Mm -hmm. Not the fact that they're Christians. Yeah. Mm. Right? Because there are other good Christians and many good Christian men and women spoke up for aware yeah. at the time of the saga. Mm. So sometimes when you read this kind of things online of extreme posts, right? We'll say, see all progressives are like, just get that one person happens to be and you know, has, has professed like you're interested in kind of yeah. like you know, progressive politics. No, it's not. It's that person being an ideologue or an extremist. And you can mm. have extremists on the left or the right. Mm. Yeah, correct. You know what mm. I mean? So yeah. you cannot say if somebody writes something, it's like that thing that they're writing, are they writing it because they are for gender equality or the fact that they are also actually kind of intolerant? Mm. So it's because they're intolerant that 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 sentence comes out wrong, not because mm. that they profess to be feminist. Mm. So separate those things. Mm. You know, it, it's one of those things like, uh, you know, how how you might say, oh, you know, it's, um, you know, it, it, imagine if you just like, you know, um, somebody kind of touch wood, right? Shouldn't do it. But, you know, if somebody dented your bumper and it was a guy driving a car, you'd be like, all men are bad drivers. Mm. It's that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. yeah. No, it's that one person who was a bad driver. Yeah. Not right. all men. Or like all Mazdas are bad cars that bump other cars. Mm -hmm. You don't. Mm -hmm. You separate the actions from the, what, what, what exactly is that one action, that specific action? Mm -hmm. Where did that come from? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So sometimes you see the, the things online. It's not the fact that they are conservative or they are Christians or they are feminists or equal rights or animal rights or whatever. It's that, what's that one thing? Identify that it's just intolerance and intolerance can sh be all shapes and forms. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's about separating the action from the person, right? Well, so, that mm -hmm. intent behind the, the, the statement, where did yeah. that come from? Yeah. Just because that person claims to be wearing a t-shirt that says, I'm a this or I'm a that. Yeah. Did it come from that? No, it came from something else. Mm -hmm. yeah. To be able to separate that. You generalize. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I want to apologize to Harish for making statements about cyclists who wear spandex. I was just going to say, I was just going to say, this asshole <laughs> in every episode, he will just blanket me as one of the cyclists who, who even, so I cycle on the road and I hate it when I see cyclists just go through the red light. Yeah. You know, like when the car stop, if you want to res the road to respect you, you respect the road. Mm. So thank you for knocking some sense into <laughs> Terrence's head. No, I, I totally, I always acknowledge it is a generalization. Is this yeah. a generalization? I, I drive, right? I drive. Yeah. 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 And I hate it when cyclists think a pedestrian crossing is for them. Yes, mm. exactly. Yes. You're, you're on a two wheels, you get off and you cross on your feet. Yeah. Then mm. you have a right to use a pedestrian crossing. Mm. Right, right, right. I take public transport, so I don't have to care. I just put on a seatbelt. <laughs> yes. So I do have some questions from our Reddit thread. Mm. Um, I think quite a few have been uh, yeah, addressed quite, already. Yeah. But just one, okay, what are your views on the state of sexuality education in Singapore schools and how, in your perspective, can it be improved? <laughs> you, we did talk about it briefly, briefly. just now about yeah, the, 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 the program yeah. that we had. Yeah. yeah. Actually, last year, um, we did a uh, we did a survey together with Nian Polly. Mm -hmm. It was about consent. Yeah. It surveyed about five, 600 people, 17 to 25 or something like that. Mm -hmm. Between the ages of the yeah, yeah, between those ages. And almost all of them said they would like better sexuality, would have liked better sexuality education in mm -hmm. the schools. Mm -hmm. But I think um, less than half said they actually had anything like it. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and um, the comprehensive sexuality education program, which was the issue for the takeover group, uh, where put it together in the 
well, pre-2009, would have mm-hmm. been a few years before that. And that was because there was a clear need. There mm-hmm. was a sharp rise in teenage pregnancies. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. And so we need wanted to address that. So we put together this program and it was done with you know teachers and expert advice. It wasn't just us doing it. That was age-appropriate with yeah. uh, scientific backing, research, yeah. and so it was thoroughly, right pedagogy, th- thoroughly talked through. And, and it was, approved by Ministry of Education. Yes, and it was a workshop that was really all about relationships, mm. I suppose, consent, uh, basically. And it was uh, we were still in the pilot, a trial phase. We were running it just for uh, schoolgirls. And this is lower secondary school girls working with a, a few schools, teachers, and it was really directed at girls who were already like in a vulnerable position. Mm, mm. Mm. And the whole idea was to equip them with knowledge and information and the skills to basically, if you're being pressured by your boyfriend to have sex and you don't want to, how you can say no, how you can avoid mm. it. Mm-hmm. But there was also factual information about different kinds of contraception. Uh, different kinds of sexual activity because you know so that you can make an informed choice mm. and this was being run quite successfully getting very positive feedback okay when uh, this takeover takeover group decided that because of just two lines really in the instructor's manual this workshop was being done we we actually instructors had to go through a a, a training program and they had to pass not everybody passed Mm-hmm. Because you know we have to deal with these things sensitively. Yeah. And as part of the workshop, there was uh, like an icebreaker event uh, section where there's a list of terms that you have to identify as uh, good, bad, or neutral. Mm-hmm. So it's things like violence. It's bad, obviously. And then we one one of the terms was like homosexuality. And the whole idea was to get people to see this is neutral. Mm-hmm. It's not something you should judge about because mm-hmm. you know, it happens, but it should be neutral. Okay. And so this was just one of the exercises. In the instructor's manual, which is supposed to be confidential, is not something you bring to class, mm-hmm. to the workshop. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the descriptive notes really just sort of said, I forget exactly what, but it basically said, look, homosexuality is normal. It, it happens, mm-hmm. right? Which is as background. Yeah. And in another section, there was a list of, uh, uh, a slide that was shown to the kids about like anal sex. Mm-hmm. And basically, it, it's to say that, look, the anus is not sexual organ, but because we know it does happen, that if you really must have anal sex, then for heaven's sakes, use a condom. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the information that's given to the kids. Yeah. But in the instructor's notes, notes for the instructors, it would say, basically, look, anal sex happens. Mm-hmm. This is not saying we are promoting it. We're simply mm-hmm. acknowledging it happens. But for the instructors, in case you don't know, this is information, right? Mm. Somehow or another, they got the they got these lines. And these were the hostile takeover in, yeah. faction mm-hmm. back in two thousand nine for West Saga. Said that aware now has a gay agenda because we are promoting homosexuality. Mm. Right. So it's that kind of like slippery slope argument, mm. you know, of like, mm. oh, you know, uh, if we le- we if we repeal three seven seven a, then everybody is going to marry their dogs. I was yeah. like, what? Yeah. How do you <laughs> do these leaps slope. of yeah. logic? Yeah. You know, it's mm. a you don't like homosexuality, don't practice it. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah, no exactly. way if you've, you're so sure you're straight, there's no way anybody can make you gay. Yeah, yeah. You know, and for anybody to force you, that's against your consent and that's wrong. And we mm. will fight for your right to stay gay. Mm. Yeah. You and know? The sad, the sad thing is because... I'm oh, sorry, to stay straight. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> they, they made this such an issue that during the saga, as it was unfolding, 
uh, it was raised and the MOE said, no, this program is fine, go on, right? After the saga, after we won it back, they launched this astroturfing turfing exercise. They got their uh, uh, friends and people to write letters to MOE complaining about this. Mm -hmm. Basically forced MOE to withdraw, I mean to cancel. Mm. They basically stopped all the vendors of these kinds of programs in the schools. Mm. You know, and so not just no, your, they, not just they, your they, program. Uh, no, they reviewed it, but a lot of them have continued and until well, well, quite was... recently. Then what has happened just a few years ago is so there there were a lot of uh, vendors and a, I think a lot of them are basically just abstinence mm. and a lot of very very credible uh, uh, research has shown that actually abstinence kind of sex education which basically say is like don't do anything don't do anything mm. don't do anything don't do mm. anything until you're dead or something like don't do anything until you're married mm. um, and just ignore the pressures that kids feel or the idea of the desires or what might be going through your head yeah. abstinence usually um, for, for uh, you know like states and counties that have done abstinence only sexuality education programs pregnancy rates always go up yeah, mm. yeah. because you're not teaching people about protection yeah. you're not equipping people to be able to say no yeah. I'm not ready or it's okay to, to not be ready it's not okay it's okay to not feel pressured yeah. by advertising and media yeah. to feel like oh you have to be like sexually active yeah. it's okay to feel desires and how to do that yeah. because we are human creatures and we need to understand this right yeah. And to be able to teach like age appropriate means that you can't, you shouldn't be saying certain things like to kindergarten kids, right? Mm. But you can teach them like, oh, what's a safe zone? Mm. People shouldn't touch you here. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it might feel good, but you know, it's wrong if somebody touches you there, mm. you may not feel safe. Who can you talk to? Yeah. You know, this kind of safety thing that you want your kids to know, Yeah. Exactly. right? Um, you want them to, you know, be able to feel not fearful. But, you know, I think the key thing is one of the things we realized from teaching you know, things like the, um, you know, doing the research and sexuality program and very credible research world over. Um, and also more importantly, from our sexual assault care center services that we run for mm. all the kind of cases that come through, trauma looks very different from person to person. Mm -hmm. Some people do this like, ah, she said she was assaulted. Then how come the next day she can still go to work? Mm. How come they, she can still be in the meeting with the boss? Mm -hmm. You know, um, and people forget that in different people, different persons, trauma kind of manifests differently. You can't control it, mm. right? You've got your typical like fright, flight, freeze. And then there are actually other things like fawn, mm. like somebody who might, who trying to grapple with this idea that, you know, somebody who's just suffered uh, rape, right? But the next day might still talk to the perpetrator and to say that this can't have happened to me. It wasn't mm. a violation. This person mm. still likes me and I still like this person, right? It's like and you might ingratiate, absolutely. Yeah. So it's, it might be very, for the rest of us who are lucky enough to have never suffered any of this, it's very hard mm. for us to understand. Because mm. you always do this like, huh, if, I were, if it was me, I would have kicked him in the balls. Mm. Or I would have shouted. I would have let the bus driver know. I would have whatever. But until it happens to you, and I hope it never happens to you. Mm. And I'm, I'm sure lots of people listening in now, right? You will know if you ask anyone around you, yeah. not just your women friends, but guy friends. Yeah. Mm -hmm that as a child, you might have been touched inappropriately. Something mm. happened in the toilet, something happened on a bus. Mm -hmm. it, it, everybody will have very different experience of what they remember from it, what they try to block out, how mm. they try to recharacterize the experience so they don't feel so like traumatized yeah. or violated. You try yeah. to reclaim your experience, right? Mm. So it's very complex, these kind of things. But, but if you can teach people to like recognize how to avoid or how to, first of all, don't do it. Don't do it to other people, don't. Yeah. Mm. You know, it should be like, the 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 kind of advertising should not be don't get molested. It's like, 
guys, don't molest. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so what you're saying right now is most of the education, sex education in Singapore, is it's along the lines. Of, is there is there even sex education in Singapore? There is. Right? There, there is. But MOE, MOE, run by MOE they now. talk about how they have their own program. Yeah. Uh, and if we read that description of it, it sounds good. Yeah. But based on what kids have said, there's a not, not a couple of years ago there was a JC kid I think who woman who yeah. wrote the open letter and mm-hmm. really taking issue with what she was being taught. Mm-hmm. I see, I see. So we're not really getting a full picture. Mm-hmm. So that kind of accountability and the kind of um, you know um, not scrutiny la. Nobody is trying to say like pick fault, right? Mm-hmm. We just want to make sure that it's a program that doesn't put people into fear. Yeah. Um, and we want to make sure it's, it should be access give people information mm. so they can protect themselves they can right. make sure you know they're kind of like um reproductive and and, and sexual health mm. right they can yeah. make decisions is, is to be able to say no or to yeah. be able to say yes and then protect yourself yeah these kind of things at, at appropriate age yep. right but if you're just saying things like don't do it don't, don't do, do it, it don't, don't do it, it don't do it don't do it and then i think the worst cases is this kind of thinking where it's like Oh, boys will be boys. Mm. And that's, you know, to what Maggie, what Maggie was saying, the few cases that hit social media and then went very viral were those kind of cases where certain students were saying like, this is being taught to us in JC level mm. that like, oh, you know, girls, it's your fault because guys will be guys. I think as guys, you should be offended by that, mm. right? It's the, you know, can you not be, you know, you think the assumptions that you cannot be better. Yeah. Um, yeah. that idea that it's it's always you know that kind of you, they don't mean it but mm. the problem is you start to and you, you start to cultivate this like victim blaming mm. it's like what, why were you dressed like that how yeah, come you were correct. drunk and instead the question would be why did you think it's okay to rape somebody mm. yeah. or to molest somebody correct, or to yeah. take advantage of the fact that she was flat out drunk mm. and she couldn't say anything yeah. even yeah. if she has flirted with you before she's drunk she can't mm. consent don't yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. those questions should be asked rather than the victim blaming of like oh but you went to his house. Mm-hmm. Oh, you sent some flirty text before. The so therefore, idea. you're kind of asking for it. You know, that sort of victim mm-hmm. blaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember, I, I think I remember like from evolutionary psychology classes. I mean, they, they, they pull up a lot of interesting statistics about uh, how males versus females behave. Uh, not not just humans, uh, but but in the animal kingdom and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh. But, but I remember at the start of every class, he will also say that, just because this is the way uh, things are does not mean that that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. Is why he's basically saying that even though yeah, men have a tendency to you know think that people are attracted mm. to them just because they smile at you or something like that, doesn't mean that you need to you know which act is, on everything and like, which just is why chase the importance yeah. of people being ready to challenge yeah. these yeah. preset ideas, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But many people even today are not even aware that. There's something to be challenged. Mm, yeah. Which correct. is why, as we said earlier, there are a lot of not just men, but a lot of women who seem happy enough in the patriarchal system don't even see it as a mm. as a, a problem. Mm, but so. that kind of like um, blissful ignorance always comes from the fact that you've never been a victim. Mm, mm, and they've always been in not, a place of privilege. You've not recognized yourself to be a victim. Right. Yes. That if you might don't, be. If you, don't, if you don't have the concept, this yeah. goes back to what we were saying earlier yeah. about the Me Too movement, until somebody stood up and said, this is wrong, this shouldn't mm. be happening to me, it shouldn't be happening to you. That's mm-hmm. when other women started looking at their lives and saying, it happened to me too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, and I made some obviously were upset about it then. Others did not even fully realize that it was something that they could 
make an issue of. Mm. And I, I think the and and the key thing is I think a lot of people just get thrown off with this idea. Even now to this day, you know, it's the idea when you talk about women's rights. You yeah. think that you're taking away rights from men. That's of course mm. not the case, mm. lah. Are we saying that we're only going to give women rights? No. But yeah. it's that idea why do you call it women's rights is because you recognize and acknowledge that historically yeah. women have been discriminated against. And then there's other intersectionalities of like you know, if you're a Malay Muslim minority mm-hmm. woman, then yeah. what happens if you are, you know, all these other things, if you're Indian, blah, 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 all these other, you know, or if you, if you, you could be all of those things, but because you are rich and you're born into, you know, high places, then, mm. you know, you, you mean, you still might suffer something, but it may yeah. not be as egregious as somebody, you know, and, and so I think people always take offense if you start to talk about things like privilege. It's like, oh, wait, are you saying no, but I'm actually mm. very poor. You can't mm. say that I got Chinese privilege because I'm a yeah. poor Chinese person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but but I think it's very simple. And somebody has said, you know, if you've never been in a situation mm. where, you know, um, just the fact that you cannot speak Malay and Tamil, that's never mm. cost you a job. Yeah. That's Chinese mm. privilege. Yeah. You know, there are all these things. And then so people go like, yeah, but you know, look at... uh. Uh, Singapore, we don't mind, you know, yeah, there's yeah. a blah, blah, blah. I don't understand cultural appropriation. Yeah. I don't mind people want to wear chongsam, white people want to wear <laughs> chongsam. But it's down to like, you need to recognize when somebody is saying, hey, I was hurt, mm-hmm. what their experience has been because yeah. they came from a place where Chinese people were minorities, Asian yep, people were right. minorities, yep. not Chinese people in Singapore because we're clearly mm-hmm. a majority here. Mm-hmm. You know, these kind of things. And I think all of us could do better if we don't like, once you hear a few words like, wow, it comes kind of like, Pavlovian reaction. Uh, yeah. Once you say your word, what trigger, you know, stop a while, mm. take that word aside, think about what the scenario is, think about the people as humans, yeah. you know, not because like I'm nice to this person because she's my sister or my mother or my daughter yeah, or, you know, my brother, my whatever. It's just uh, one person to another, a human yeah. to another. Can, can, so, can I just throw this out there since we're talking about it now? So people that, I mean, we always hear this like, and it's, you hear it all the time. Oh, we want equal rights. Huh? Then women do NS. Huh? Uh, okay, yeah, but yeah. you know what they don't realize <laughs> is aware has for a long time. Mm. I personally have advocated this for a long, long time, which is actually NS is the biggest structural obstacle to gender equality in Singapore. Mm. So we have argued that national service should be redefined. Mm-hmm. Okay? It is after all called national service. Yeah. Okay, fine. You need military service, fine. Every young person in Singapore, as long as you can function, Mm. Yeah, yeah. As long as you're not like bedridden, as long as you can function, you should be required to spend, was it 22 months? Mm. Right yeah, now, a year and a half. Yeah, well, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Like, you know? yeah. uh, it's like an extended gap year that yeah. all young people, boys and girls, able on, or differently abled, should do. Mm. Okay? Mm. Those who are suitable for military service, and that includes lots of girls because the army is actually actively recruiting mm. women, right? Mm. You can do mm. almost anything nowadays. Yeah. So whatever your military needs are, okay, you, you meet boys mm. and girls. Okay? Mm. And presumably more boys and girls, but fine, whatever. The rest, that means all the boys who are now pest whatever it is and do... Clerical work. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. or whatever. All of, all of these then are then trained for a different kind of service to the nation. Mm. Yeah. Social service. Mm. Yeah, we're aging population. There are people living in uh, rental flats, old people who do not go to see their doctor yeah. Because they cannot afford a taxi, yeah. they're too frail to take the bus mm. or they're scared or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. yeah. Just, so just reimagining yeah, the idea so of let's say the two yeah. of you, boy and girl, you're doing the mm. social service instead of military service, right? Mm. Your job every day maybe you're given this rental block, this 
20 flats or whatever it is, your job every day is to touch base with all the people living in there, mm -hmm. right? To make sure that if they have a medical appointment, you go with them. Yeah. Make sure that their place is clean, they get fed. And whatever. there are countries that do that, right? I think I Germany, think Germany, 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 yeah. Germany. It could be. Yeah. There, there yeah. are various things. And I know in Israel, everybody has to everybody do it, but that's military yeah. service. Yeah. Yeah. But let's be creative. There is a, Great, there's yeah. a, growing social need, right? I mean, yeah. mm -hmm. aging population and other needs. Yeah. No. So why do we has, do has this? Has that ever been close to being tabled, I don't know, in parliament? Uh, or? No, it's been, I personally have put it in conversation to two ministers mm -hmm. um, when uh, Chan Chan Singh was minister for MSF. Mm -hmm. Right? And is, then when... Chan Chun Singh or... Chan Chun Singh. Uh, Chan yeah. Chun Singh yeah, and yeah. then Tan Chuan Jin, Chan when Chuan he Jin, was yeah. the minister for yeah. both of them. Um... Uh, the, the, and this was at just you know uh, people were around quite interesting the response uh, Chan Chun Singh sort of listened and said mm, yeah okay but yes but mm. all the reasons why you can't right uh, Tan Chuan Jin kind of sounded interested in the idea but quickly said I'm not saying it can be done mm -hmm. you know and I think it's really a matter of the political will. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. Because so, I, I mean, like like you've said yourselves, right? Many other countries where there's natural conscription, it's both men and women. Yeah. So I mean, the idea is not that oh everybody must suffer, mm. you know. So aware stand has always been if national conscription is necessary, necessary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and defense military defense is necessary can we also reimagine if both men and women are conscripted yeah. so it's not just military but as Maggie was saying and it could can. be social services it could be healthcare yeah. it could be community care yeah. and Teacher, so whatever. it's the yeah. idea of redefining a, a sense of service yeah. so for the society that you're benefiting from you're able to kind of learn how to be part of it yeah. contribute to it so, yeah. so I think that's the key thing that we've always said from day so, one so but yeah. Every time yeah, there's some kind of argument, people will go like, "Oh, women shouldn't be able to say anything because you never, uh, you didn't lose two and a half years of your life, or you know." And therefore, and then somebody in the goodness of their heart, they'll say, "Oh, but women uh, have to be pregnant for how many months?" It shouldn't be that kind of yeah. argument, right? Because not everybody wants to bear children. Yeah. So, is that the reason why you say it's one of the biggest stumbling blocks? No, it's, look at it structurally, right? Yeah. Men are required to serve NS. Mm. Aware has taken issue with the marching songs, the very mm. popular, right, popular. Right, popular. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, right? Yeah, Where yeah. you're actually implying it's almost good to go and rape women. Mm -hmm. With your rifle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know? Come on. I mean, that kind of stuff, you're building up this macho kind of thing, mm. which can be a separate, I mean, can reinforce some of these issues that we've been talking about. Mm. And it leads to all kinds of other issues, right? The fact that yeah. you get uh, w women seem to be ahead, and then you've got the salary differences, yeah. and all these confusing things. Yeah. Mm. So, if we're really serious about uh, having gender equality established as a fundamental value in Singapore, we need to be ready to look at this. Yeah. Mm. Okay, it doesn't mean you overnight decide to do. You know, you can decide on it, phase it in. You have to yeah. get people used to it. You have to put into people's minds from a young age that. You have an obligation to help your society, mm -hmm. and you know, and you get to that gap year. Just yeah. describe it as a gap, gap year, yeah. which is good for you before you go and further your studies. Yeah, you get an experience of doing things for your nation, helping yeah. the uh, less privileged. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. you look at the people who are who who are the people really sacrificing their health now, you know, to protect Singapore. Frontline workers, swabbers, oh, exactly. they're spending so much money to train, like you know, people. I mean, unemployed people, what to be frontline workers? Yeah. But you know, if you had a choice at eighteen to say, hey, do you want to be a mm. frontline medical, you know, medical defense and yeah. learn to swap for like two years, 
versus being in the military. There are a lot of guys who just the military is just not for them also. Yeah. And their mental health and all that is at stake. They you know, they break yeah. their break their face or what just to avoid military service. And, and well, I, I, from what I understand nowadays, you can get exemption more easily if you're depressed, if mm, you're gay mm, and all, which is yeah. better than it used to be. Yeah. 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 So let's just go. So things all the do way change. Yeah. Things yeah. do Solve progress. Yeah. 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 But so. like I said, I think it's um, you know, it cannot be that this this idea of uh this national service is something that, you know, we we as a citizen for all the kind of um it's being able to contribute back. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. being able to be part of this nation that we live in, right? To put to our it's young that people. it's not the mm-hmm. we uh oh uh, men have to go through this, so therefore you know, they're being punished, then women get scot-free. It shouldn't be like this. It's mm. an idea that we contribute and yeah, and we reimagine value of contributions in different ways. And mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Maggie says, there definitely will be enough people who do want to do military service. Yeah. Then yeah. that's kind of also, but equally important is medical community. Mm-hmm. And you know what we've, we kind of keep saying and saying and it's not impressing on people enough is that the statistics show that in 2030, one quarter of the population will be above the age of 65. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of attendant issues, not just healthcare, but community care, making mm-hmm. sure people are not isolated. People feel you know, that they are, they are living fruitful lives still. Mm-hmm. That's every single one of us who's yeah. gonna be in that stage, Correct. right? Yep. So we need to think larger as, as a society about how can we help and because it's going to happen to us. Mm, yeah, this is our yeah. bucket. This is something we have to deal with. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. It's happening so, to me already. <laughs> yeah, Maggie is like pioneer generation. I'm no, pioneer, Medeca, Medeca, Medeca generation. <laughs> so so on, on that note, where do you see like the next 10 years in uh, ahead of 2030, right? For for aware and what you guys are trying to do, your vision, your mission? Well, the, the, the what we're all looking forward to, and I hope um, it turns out that way, the gender equality review that's going on, mm-hmm. the white paper that is supposed to be coming out sometime this year, mm-hmm. the second half of this year, uh, what what we all hope is that it will make some seriously uh, fundamental policy changes. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. even if it's difficult, if, mm. you know, the low hanging fruit is quite easy, mm. but the difficult, the the higher hanging things, the thing that might require more effort at least put it in the white paper and you have some kind of a action plan. Mm-hmm. You know, we have been calling for for some time for for gender equality to be enshrined in the constitution, mm-hmm. right? If we're really serious, we do talk about uh, no discrimination on the basis of race and religion and so on. Put gender there, then it's mm-hmm. unequivocal. Yeah. Mm. You know, and then this fo- gives you a peg for all the other policies that can come. Are you guys involved in the white paper at all with regards um, to the research? Well, or? anybody, no, no. I mean, they're doing their conversations. Yeah. Uh, where is working, we will be coming out with our own paper. Mm. Not a white paper, obviously, but we're, and we're doing a series of um, uh, our own conversations, focus groups, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, uh, we'll be publicizing them soon, and they'll be we're talking. We're going to be looking really at the more marginalized groups yeah. Yeah. that the main effort may not look at, mm-hmm. um, and certainly we're going to be look, talking to men. Mm-hmm. So, if you guys or any of your listeners, men mm-hmm. who want to get involved and help, mm. look out for this when we make the call for for men to come forward and talk to oh, us. And, and when would that be? Do you have any idea? Well, in the 
I think Next over from from April, yeah. Uh, okay. May okay. onwards. That's cool. And so, and also encourage you know people listening to also take part in the the national conversations. Mm. Mm. So you can go to the Reach website and yeah, sign yeah. up to be part of that, right? Register so whether your you're yeah. you're there as I mean, you're not just there as a parent or employee. There's so mm. many other parts to your life, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. And so contribute towards that. And so the 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 recommendations and the findings that Aware will do with the different minority groups and other larger focus groups, we also mm. contribute and, mm, and sure. send that into the government. Okay. I mean, it's really quite significant. This whole idea, like, uh, is it Ministry of Social Affairs and Family, they've actually named this year the Year of the Woman, mm. right? So it's something like unimaginable. Can you imagine, yeah. like, Maggie, back, you know, 36 years ago, 36, 37 years ago, mm. with all the other founders, right, who were even battling things like the fact that, you know, um, non-graduate, moms couldn't send their third kid to school mm. all this yeah. sort of like mm. all these kind of, yeah. would, they would have never imagined yeah. that the government would be one day I think the, the, the hope is there mm. the hope is there that you know we can get there and again doesn't mean like oh yeah woman means we don't care about men is it no mm. I think the year of the woman is saying that how can we make sure that there's that kind of um, we're giving you know equal opportunities fairness and justice for everyone yeah, yeah. you know it means that if we are dealing with this idea of gender equality and how we may have discriminated against women and mm. other different you know minorities and you know in different intersections then we're also going to be better to our men mm. and our boys yeah. Yeah. because we really have failed our boys mm. we're telling them men have to be like this Mm-hmm. don't cry don't have emotions yeah. don't want to be a house husband you know you are supposed to be this you are supposed to present that way we make it so tough for guys mm-hmm. we're not helping our boys mm-hmm. how can you not but want to be angry right mm-hmm. and you yeah. talk about things like oh incels or whatever but what's behind all that right mm-hmm. it's this thing that when where we use the word p word patriarchy right people mm-hmm. go like whoa but you need to recognize that a system like that is as bad to men as it is to women. Mm-hmm. You know, not equally, but certainly then when you kind of dismantle that and you go like, hey, gender equality is about mm-hmm. fairness, caring yeah. Yeah. for all men and women, mm-hmm. that can only be a... And it's really for the individual to be able to live the life they want. Mm-hmm. That gender, just like race or religion or height or being left-handed should not be an obstacle to you doing and becoming what you want to be. Mm -hmm. But right Mm -hmm. now, being born a woman, let alone all the other possibilities, other factors, right? Being born a woman does tend to have a limiting effect on your life. Mm -hmm. That's right. And and if we just look at it that way, being born a man may have a limiting effect on your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Right? So, So if we just... That's why these conversations are called women's development. Mm -hmm. The official term for it, I've taken issue with this to say, why women's development? Mm. Isn't it, shouldn't it be society's development? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't, doesn't, it's not just for one group. No, it's not. I mean, it goes back, it's it's not unlike this victim blaming where on the back of buses, we probably still have them. Um, Police or whoever puts out these these ads about molest and so Mm. on, right? And the focus is always on women protecting yourself. Yeah. Why is the message not men don't do it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's it's the perspective is is, mm. and so that's why we need to try and change. So you ask what what is aware's what is aware's work for the next ten years? It's going to be the same, mm-hmm. right? And so we need to understand more and more why these things are happening. So yeah. all these little surveys that we're doing, uh, qualitative, you know quantitative if we can get the resources teaming up mm. with people so that we really do studies and mm. understand the attitudes and the other factors structural factors that are impeding us 
So we'll keep at it. Mm-hmm. But we'll keep also having the conversations to get more people to talk. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yep. that all of us can come to a new understanding about the issues. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'll totally admit that... Um, 2009, I was uh, living overseas in New York. Mm. And this this issue of the OS saga, uh, all the Singaporeans overseas, we were talking about it. And I even I, I even tried to contribute my own voice to it. Mm. I took the I took the shut up and sit down line yeah. and remixed it with a black eyed piece shut up song. Oh my god, oh, I've I heard of that. I put it on the internet. <laughs> you yeah. were the one. Yeah, I was me. Like after work, after work, I'll be at okay, home okay, just okay, okay, playing okay. with DJ stuff. Because at that time, I was like, wow, like. Um, I never seen anything like there this. There was kind of a activism. Subaru yeah. ad. Yeah, 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 yeah there exactly. Was, there was so many memes yeah. spun yeah. off all those famous lines. Yeah, yeah. So, so there really was like this feeling like, oh, we've nobody has seen this in Singapore before. Yeah. It's such a big deal. So, yeah. so I'm very glad that this has come out uh, at this as time, podcast, especially yeah. as a podcast when everyone is starting to really look for Singapore podcasts as well. Mm. Uh. Okay, yeah. cool. So, so you said there's the Reach website. Mm. Where, so that's the government-run government one. Run, yeah. So you can definitely, uh, you know, look up for that and sign up for those. And yeah. then, uh, in a while, uh, Aware will announce the kind of uh, sessions that we'll have. So look mm-hmm. up for that. I mean, like follow us on our social media mm. with us on IG or, or go to the Facebook, website. Yeah. Twitter, Aware, website. Aware. Yeah. Aware.com. Aware.org.sg And then check out our podcast for Saga which is aware.org.sg slash Saga So you can listen to it on Spotify You can find it on Spotify by searching Where you can find good platforms that oh, yeah, also yeah. calls Yellow Bud. Yeah, After you yeah, listen you to Yellow Bud, you come so and check out the rest for, of it. Just search for Saga, saga. and saga it should be the caps, first. Yeah. Saga Caps. Oh yeah, I suppose yeah. if you just put Aware Saga Podcast, you'll be able yeah. to find mm, this. Okay, yeah. okay. Cool. Yeah, and then we'll put all the link in the show notes of the show. Yeah. Thank uh, you. And we have a final segment of, of every, every podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we always do one segment at the end of our podcast where uh, everybody just shares one shock thing. Yeah, we didn't mm. tell you about this requirement, mm. but yeah. now we're going to need a one shock thing from one you. Usually thing. it's like anything that you've seen, a video or something, a In book the past or, week or a movie or anything that you've seen that made you smile and you want to tell people oh to experience God. it yourself. Basically, something that we can push our listeners to check out. It can be... Mm. Yeah, it can be a URL. I mean, I guess something like your your sister's cooking or something is a bit hard because our <laughs> yeah. listeners can't experience it. Yeah. Okay, so, since we're already like flogging our own podcast, so we can repeat that. Uh, uh, you can have a shock experience listening to your podcast. No, I, 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 yeah. I, I, I can suggest I don't, I spend too much time in front of my computer. Mm. Okay. But I do do Netflix like most people yes. in Singapore. Okay. Mm, yeah. And there's one movie which really is worth trying to catch mm. on Netflix. It's uh, Indian, set in Mumbai. Mm-hmm. Called Sir. Hmm. S-I-R. S-I-R. Um, contemporary Mumbai. It's really about a privileged young Indian man whose marriage doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And his uh, live-in maid. Mm. Okay. I won't say anything more. Huh. And you recently got it? Uh, yeah, a week or two ago. A short uh, movie or, or like, no? It's a proper movie, like, but no okay. dancing, no, no. Okay, music. No, no, a modern, 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 okay, okay, modern, okay. modern Bollywood. Very nice. <laughs> Rom com. Okay, cool. Yeah. I guess you could call it that. Okay. Yeah, but it, it does investigate issues of class and mm. so on. I see. I, I would Ooh, highly, 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 highly recommend. You know, sometimes like uh, it used to be for some families, for Chinese New Year, there'll always be the big Chinese New Year movie to go mm. watch. Mm. Um, I would recommend for a change of tone and pace for your Chinese New Year movie to watch this um, uh, recently nominated for Golden Globes. Uh, f- uh, which is um, Promising Young Woman. Mm. Mm, yeah. I mean, if you watch the trailer, you know, it's the way it's cut, the story it tells, it's wicked, it's fun, mm. it's writers. Mm. But then it also deals with this idea of 
Mm. Sexual violence. Mm. But this I hate to say it. It sounds like yeah. it, it, the movie is really so tightly put together. It's fun. It's so sharp. So it's called it's Promising Young Women. Promising Young Women. Um, what language is it? Uh, so it's American. Okay. Well, it's it's British director and British lead actress, but you know it's set in America. So mm-hmm. they were just nominated for I think like best female director this year for the first time. Three. Um, mm. Three. Mm. It's usually only at best one woman female director gets nominated for mm-hmm. best director. This time around, three w- women have been. Uh, nominated and really great like works right this is a very very fun watch it's super entertaining but it's so sharp about how it makes you think differently so Mm. i mean the soundtrack everything you're gonna enjoy it Mm. right um so i highly recommend uh watching that is it in cinemas now it's in cinemas already so you can watch it at the projector you can watch it at golden village Mm, okay you know in between like while you max out your eight visitors twice Mm. a day already you can watch a movie in between go watch promising It's, it's really like it's fun, but very thought provoking. Like all the cultural pop points. Mm. Like if you love, you know, pop culture, you mm. you'll love it. But yet it's dealing with something that, you know, it's it's yeah. um very very important. Yeah, mm. and cool. it's a really fun watch. Okay, cool. you just watch the trailer, you really feel. Super, I promise you, you watch the trailer, you really like. Wow, shock! Oh, really? Must watch. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's cool. Definitely, that's cool. will give you that shock feeling. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> uh, my one shock thing is the there's a video that just I just. I saw today but it came out in December uh, it's called Residence of the Park and it's actually by two Singaporean people who live in Pasiris who oh. just wanted to do their own nature documentary about all the animals in Pasiris so they they did they just took videos of all the animals close up videos and everything is it and my, it's, my uncle my auntie I don't know <laughs> oh, is it? they do birding in Pasiris I don't know no, no, yeah, joking, but the, the channel's called JD Wild and it's amazing like the they, there's like close-ups of cobras and all the hornbills oh, yeah. and really? like slow motion, wow. like 4K, everything. So, and then there's some, and then you you, you feel like it's going to be like this David Attenborough thing. Mm. And then the voiceover comes out and it's like, it's there's two Singaporean people <laughs> just talking about, you know, authors. And, and how and did you that. come across this? It was recommended on Mothership. Then they said it was so awesome. I was like, how awesome can it be? Like two regular people. And then, you watch it, it's like quite jaw-dropping. Uh. Yeah. You can't realise Singapore is so much wildlife. Even with the Singapore voices. Even with the Singapore voices, yeah, yeah. And, and well, like, really, yeah. It's, no, no, no. Actually, the Singapore voices should give you that shookness. Uh, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 kind of decolonise our minds, guys. Doesn't mean British David Attenborough accent then can. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. That's how the standard is very hard yeah. to meet. Yeah. No, I think they, I don't know whether, the, the cameras they use very good, but the microphone's not so good. So the voice very very hollow also. But in general, the visuals are just, you can't imagine this is Pasiris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That your own our own backyard, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, not mm. to say Pasiris backyard, but the people living in Pasiris. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I mean, it's got about like I think fifty thousand views since it came out in oh, December, really? and it's uh, just one of those unknown channels, you know. JD Wild Productions, Residents mm. of the Park. Check it out. Yeah, nice. I see. Okay, my one shock thing is you all know the artist T Pain. You know the the rapper, rapper. Yeah. Hip, hip, yeah. So mm. he's he's famous for producing music. Um, and last year, one of my favorite musical discoveries is this guy called Mark Rebier. Mm-hmm. Does it sound familiar? Mm-mm. No. We don't want we don't want to <laughs> so, carbon date ourselves by saying we know so, or don't so know. So Mark Rebier is this guy who I think became extra viral during the pandemic because he's a he's a guy who um, plays uh, multiple instruments, but he composes music using a looper. So oh. he'll play, he'll play a few notes, he'll put it on loop, and then he became oh. he went viral during the pandemic because from his bedroom he would just stream for two hours. He would get a call from someone, he would get a topic, and he would just make music on the fly, like. live. Yeah, live. So, versions of that. yeah. I don't know whether it's him. It's like amazing. So yeah. he's normally doing it uh, shirtless. Okay. I mean, he starts off with clothes and then he Got takes long off. Hair. 
Uh, I think his hair grew over over the pandemic. Okay. He, has a, he has a mustache. He has a okay. mustache. So he's amazing. Yeah. Um, and he became, he went viral. And I saw this one clip recently that someone extracted from a Twitch stream that T Pain did, mm. showing him producing a song. Mm. Like starting, he he said, okay, during the stream, I'm gonna go from no song to a full song. Mm. And he was stuck with the with the piano melody. And he had gotten to know Mark Rebier because when people blow up uh, online, they tend to connect. So Mark Rebier called in. He said, okay, what are you looking to do? He said, I'm stuck with this piano thing. I can't do it. And like 30 minutes later, I think Mark Rebier called back and he said, okay, I just composed something and he played it and T-Pain was like, oh, you forgot this one part. He's like, okay, okay, give me five minutes. He came back with this thing and you could just see T-Pain who's a very, very acclaimed musician in his own right and just looking at him, he's like, yep, you got it. That's it. It was I mean, And it was just beautiful watching these two the masters of their process, craft yeah. create something live. On and Twitch live. On Twitch. And you could see like even oh, wow. T-Pain going like, oh, God damn it, it's so good. Why you know what that is? That's yeah, jazz. Yeah, mm. exactly. The so, essence of jazz. So it was just so amazing to see these people like over a, a phone call try kind of get the the, 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 the the vibe, go off, come back with something and then just piece it together. Now, this is what uh, COVID's done this. Yeah, because they created this kind of creativity. Yeah, because T-Pain yeah. was in his bedroom yeah. and he was doing it with his fans. Mark Rebier called in. He's like, okay, you want this? You want this hook? You want this blah, blah? I'll be mm-hmm. back. Give me five minutes. Yeah. And you just watch it. You're like, how do these minds work? La? So that was a, a very nice thing to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was my one show thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was four very efficient one show things. Normally when we when we ask the guests, they'll be like, okay, uh, give me a few minutes. But kudos yeah. to you guys for yeah, yeah, yeah. having it at the tip of the fingers. I think we spent too much time online. <laughs> <laughs> but who, how can you help it, right? It's because yeah. we are aware. La. Yeah. Oh, wow. What a, what a great singer. Great yeah. luck at the end. Do you yeah. not think it's such genius for the founders of Aware to, to pick like, first must A, yeah. uh, cannot, not mm, Acme, right? So yeah, then yeah. A, then definitely alphabetical order. And you know who came yeah. up with it? Hedwig Anwar, who was mm. the head librarian. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Already of the a National Library System in Civil Servant. Yeah. Oh, so, and he knew, like, like, he or she? She, 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 yeah. she, she, she I thought, okay, Edwin, never mind. I won't get into I won't, that. I won't make <laughs> founding member. <laughs> no, it's you know, episode like, two, episode oh, three. Yeah. No, I, I remember that. No, we have, that. We yeah. have men who are yeah. members for sure. Yeah, Karen. Hedwig, as a <laughs> but I guess www.subscription join us as a member right now. <laughs> but I mean no, but have, it, it made sense about the, the A being at the start of every catalogue yeah because right? yeah. like every what do you search. call it Dewey Decimal System then yeah, alphabetical yeah. whatever yeah. but then also then you always do the <laughs> I'm aware that da 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 then you know correct. it's it's uh, just very Ooh. clever damn it's clever it's appropriate it's accurate yeah, yeah. <laughs> But cool. All Fantastic. right. Thank well, you thanks, so much for so coming much. on. Thank it you was for a very, us. very deep yeah. chat. So and thank you so much. Congratulations on the success of the Saga podcast. And thank you guys for all the things that you do on the series and being open to just chatting and taking in new perspectives and things awesome. like that and holding the space for everyone. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. All right. Keep cool. doing it. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right. Till next time. Happy Chinese New Year. Okay. And yeah. to those who celebrate, who don't celebrate or celebrate, have a good rest. Go watch a movie. Uh, what oh, was it yeah. again? Promising you young things, woman. You got four things to go and watch. Oh no, yeah. five, five, things, five. Listen five. to the saga. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, thank you. Bye. Bye. Cool. Okay. Thank you.